witch, oh witch, the wicked witch. Hail, hail, the wicked witch is dead. Hail, hail, the witch is dead. Witch, oh witch, the wicked witch. Welcome to what's today's date? Oh man, I don't Se- know. September twenty second. No wait, no. I can't believe that it's year twenty twelve. Man, Dear it Lord. is the twenty second of February two thousand twelve. We're living in the fucking future. Ah! Oh man, we're already. I also can't believe February is almost over. Dear oh, Lord, man, I know it's gonna be springtime soon. Officially, it's gonna be. I'm excited soon. about that. Though. It's gonna be March in a week. Dear Lord. Uh, anyway, yeah, this is the Boy Howdy podcast. We uh, featuring your guest hosts. <laughs> Guest hosts every week. I'm Annie. always a guest host. I can't even put up with my bullshit. Uh, I'm Bill. How you guys doing? <laughs> who, who, what special interview subjects do we have this week? Why, none at all. Yeah, it's just us, bitches. You gotta, you gotta put up with our bullshit. I can't believe we got two player introductions coming. Yeah, even though I said awesome. nothing insightful to them, it was just nice to meet those guys. No, that was, yeah, those guys are super sweet, even aside from the interview stuff. Podcast, thank you for being the module that I could use with which to access the two player productions guys. We just Say need to get to Tim Schafer on here. <laughs> Did you see the guy? What's his, what's the artist guy's name? Zach Gorman, who created a little animated GIF. Oh yeah, his GIF. Th- comic thanking thing? Tim Schafer for being yeah. so so awesome. That was great. It almost yeah. made me cry. Man, he just put out, and then he put out. Uh, he just opened up a storefront. Zach Gorman. I can't remember his URL, uh, but he does a lot of great little uh, fan. Uh, video game fan art stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, he does. It's mostly retro stuff. He lives uh, with you on Copyright Infringement Island. I know exactly. He's right next door. He's on the Copyright Infringement Island, right next door. Uh, he, he uh, yeah, just opened up a storefront this week, and he. Uh, I wasn't gonna buy anything because I'm trying to save money right now, especially mm-hmm. with so many video games and DVDs and shit coming out in the next couple weeks. I'm trying not to spend extra money that I don't have like, yeah, set aside. But he just uh, one of his prints on his storefront yesterday was. Uh, it's a picture of Mario, mm-hmm. and he's, like, just, you know, doing his plumbing shit on a toilet. Yeah. And then it, uh, the next panel is him, like, jumping on Goombas and shit, and says, quit your job, do what you love. And it's super cute. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, I am obligated, as a freelance artist who spends all this time writing and drawing video game bullshit, I'm obligated to have that as, uh, framed up on my wall. So, <laughs> I threw down, that was, like, $25, but that was $25 well spent. That was delightful. But, uh, yeah, so what do you, what do you, how you been doing? What have you been up to? I've been busy. Yeah. Uh, my my dear friends um, gave birth to their second child, and I was on. Uh, my wife and I were on um, baby duty uh, mm-hmm. while they were going through labor. Well, you taking um, care of the other kid. The yeah, taking care of older kid well, Noah, he's like big four. brother Noah. So he's not a baby. He's three pushing four. Okay. He but he he's great. He Ooh. he has been uh, playing a heck of a lot of Once Upon a Monster and um, Happy Action Theater. He man, I cannot express in words. <laughs> How much he loves these games. He now recognizes the double fine two headed baby. Oh, so he sees that. He and he'll go, out. It's Aww. double fine. It's per. I'm gonna get. I think I'm actually gonna give him. I'm gonna. Uh, we're gonna buy him a little hoodie, and I'm. Gonna, I have these double fine patches. Sorry, my breast is buzzing. <laughs> oh, as for Annie, is part cybernetic. She was raised by the Prothean army. That's right. She's got mechanical. Or boobs. I'm a woman with large breasts, and when you have large breasts and wear a skirt, you have to keep things in the Lord's pocket. What the hell was it? What was the beeping? It was my cell phone. Oh, I'm a jerk, and I kept my cell phone on. Did you get? Did you get a special message from your breast? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Annie, fondle me, please. Now, me. Pretty much. That's why. This is a great say. joke from Wonderful. I'm a fat so guy, so I've got large breasts too. That's right. Oh, uh, they're what, so you, have, you don't often wear skirts and lack pockets. 
though. It's a trade-off. That makes it weirder that I keep my cell phone underneath my man breast, so when it vibrates, I get that extra spe- <laughs> special tingle. My, uh, when I, I email people saying, would you please call me now? I'm bored. <laughs> I may not pick up for a while, but it's, it's a long story. <laughs> one of my, at my old job, I had a coworker who um, also had large breasts. At the time, I was not wearing skirts. Who so. was it? You don't, did you oh, ever you meet Kendra? Meet no. No, I think you did meet Kendra and you just don't remember her because that's who you are. If she had large breasts, I would have probably remembered. Mm, anyway. Yeah. Kendra, one day I was talking to Kendra and I was like, hey, can I borrow a buck? I want to go get a soda. So she reaches in her bra and hands me a buck. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Oh, and I need this key to unlock the camera case. And I go and she reached her bra, hands me a key. As I'm coming back, um, I got a splinter. She goes, oh, man, Kendra, I just got a splinter. She reaches into her bra, hands me a fucking set of tweezers. This way, I'm looking at her like, you are a human Swiss army knife. At the end of the day, her tits are just indented with, like, yeah, all the I did once fall asleep with my credit, the night after I wore um, a dress out, I had to shove my credit card into my bra, fell asleep with my bra on, woke up the next morning with my credit card number (laughs) imprinted in my skin. It was a really beautiful Uh, moment. So anyway, yeah, uh, no one double fine. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to buy him a little hoodie and you, so one of the extra, because I, I have like four extra double fine, or just four double pine patches and I'll just sew one on for him. Oh man, did you see, I can't spend the whole episode talking about Mass Effect. I'm especially in Mass <laughs> oh, Effect Oh, I have mania. two Mass Effect notes on my, my you, the, you, There's a Mass Effect patch that comes with the collector's edition. I just realized. Oh yes. I, I pre-ordered the collector's edition blindly before they even announced any of the details yeah. of what was going to be Me in the uh, uh, collector's edition, like back in June last year. And now I just, like, actually looked up to see what was inside of it. Oh, just yeah. to see what I was going to get. And I was like, oh, you get the soundtrack and the patch. And see, I am most excited about the fact that you get a hoodie for Commander Shepard to wear on the on the Normandy. You know, just oh, your, really? chillax, your chillax hoodie. Oh, shit. And uh, uh, a dog. Oh, get, you get a God. cyborg dog. Oh, I see that, Normandy. like... You yeah. also get, like, a Normandy for your avatar and Xbox Live or some shit like Which that. Which I got for playing the Mass Effect demo at PAX. So uh, fuck all y'all. Oh. Yeah. I was wondering how you got that. Yeah. Because I was looking for that on the storefront. Yeah. Because I was looking this for Mass Effect shit for my character. Because <laughs> we're idiots. Yeah. That's well, right. I have the Mass Effect hoodie. I put the Mass Effect hoodie back on my Xbox Live uh, character. Yeah. Uh, I was wearing a Voltron outfit for the longest time. A uh, Voltron outfit, and then I was also wearing a Saints Row 3 head. Um... <laughs> But yeah, no, I'm starting to get excited about Mass Effect. That, well, yeah. The demo came, we, 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 yeah, we talked about the demo last We talked briefly week. about the demo. Uh, Man, I, I am totally, I'm not a big multiplayer gamer. I was like, I can totally play Mass Effect multiplayer. I enjoy the Mass Effect multiplayer. I do not have the time in my life for horde mode. I don't. Like, my, I was playing with some dudes. We got through about tw- 10 waves before we all croaked. That was 30 minutes. Is horde mode the only part of the multiplayer? That's it. That really is... I was, I was hoping that was just... I mean, that... I enjoy it, and I like that it's, like, multifaceted. Like, it's during any... At any point, you will be either fending off um, a wave of attackers... No, you're not or just shooting guys. There's some objective-based stuff. Yeah, and I like that. Oh, but I, I can't... Those be actual missions you go on. I want it to be 10-minute chunk. I want it to be something I pay for 10 See, minutes. This is, this is what I get for spending... Uh, Doing my best to avoid all Mass Effect three news for the over the course of the last year is I don't know what's supposed to be in the game, and what's not, what to expect. And so when they said uh, there's going to be co op multiplayer, mm-hmm. I assume that so at least some. I I'm not surprised that there's a horde mode because every multiplayer game coming out these days has a horde mode. I thought there was going to be some kind of co op. I know you weren't. They weren't going to be able to make it so you could play co op throughout the whole main game because that's just too much. But I thought there would be like individual like little mini missions or something you could do in multiplayer. Story based co-op really isn't terribly story based co-op isn't terribly sustainable because you play it once and you're never touched again. 
Yeah, I know, but something that's not just horde mode, though. I like I said, I love it. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I want to what it is, it's not long. bad. But I thought there was. I want to be ten minutes long so I can play a match. Yeah. Or maybe t- like 15 minutes tops, and then go do something else. <laughs> Even if it's just a different Oh, map. did you see the more you play uh, Horde mode, it's supposed to feed into the single-player game? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's this whole, this World at War thing. Like, Which the, I still I don't presumably, know the details of, but I well, know... Well, here's the thing. So depending on what you do in the multiplayer, and they've said it will be linked to other things. So the inevitable Mass Effect Facebook game that will come out will be linked the to... The iPad it. thing. The iPad game. Yeah. All of this will affect your galactic readiness rating. Which will have an impact in the game. You are able to play the game and get the quote unquote good ending without using them. Oh, you just have to grind more in the game or whatever. Yeah, yeah so I have presumably. to do more stuff within the game. We'll yeah. see how it goes. Yeah, no, that's 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 an issue. And I will totally play the multiplayer. And so the thing is about around we have to play multiplayer together because I think if you play with people you know, it'll be more enjoyable. At than wave playing eight, with faceless Joe. At wave eight, I'm gonna die every time, and it's we- gonna be because I put the controller down and I'm gonna go do something else. <laughs> I'm gonna go read a book. Uh, I I enjoyed it, but I can't. I do not have the attention fan for this sort it's of thing. It's a shooting, it's a, it's, it's a third person shooter multiplayer. The fact that you even pick that up is miraculous. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, you, you are well, not I that kind of I have the same person. thing whenever I try to play like Call of Duty or whatever. It's not that I don't enjoy uh, it, it's just that I, my ADD kicks in. My ADD does not often kick in. But I'm like, I, I enjoy it to a point, and I do enjoy playing with people I know, yes. Yeah. But... I can play co-op with my girl way longer than I could play any online multiplayer. You, yeah, you can play as a Krogan, though. I haven't you unlocked play any species. non-human species, and I'm like, fuck it. If I'm playing in two hours and I'm still the default humans, I'm not going to play this game anymore. No, I unlocked the Krogan... It's it's a randomized thing in the booster decks that you oh, buy. Oh, is it? Yeah. It's permanent, though. It's probably it's unlocked. I know, but it's luck. <laughs> Uh. And I have bought five booster packs, and none of them contained <laughs> any other aliens. One of my friends on Twitter was like, "Oh, I locked a drill. I'm hopping. I'm doing like what's a drill? A drill? That's what Thane was. Thane oh, okay, was one of the frog guys. Yeah, the Abe Sapiens. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, but yeah, and I'm like, fuck you, man, because I <laughs> Thr- uh, drills are pretty erotic. I want to be one too. <laughs> Felicia uh. Day thinks so. So oh, why is she got a Thane thing? Oh, she loves Thane. Well, in fact, her um her Dragon Age character has two daggers that are named, and one of them is named <laughs> Thane, <laughs> and that's why I kind of love Felicia Day. Jesus. No, the big other the, the other Mass Effect thing that happened actually just last night is they um on the Bioware store they have for pre order console armor. Oh wait, wait! Console armor? Yeah, I saw there was like a PC they were coming out with that. No, 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 was... no, 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 no! What? This is literally just shit you put on and around either your <laughs> PS3 or your Xbox Slim. Yeah, that makes it's it horse look... armor for your actual physical console. Yes, yeah. it makes it look like Shepard's armor on, like Shepard's chest plate on one side. Oh man, how much is this? And the other side has a little thing where you you can set your controller. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's actually and so and my wife and I oh. are getting the the Razer and Mass Effect. Controller, so you're like, oh, I saw that. Yeah, totally, I need a new controller. It's totally perfect. Kismet. Oh, that's what. Uh, it's well, Kismet. Uh, well, yeah. Well, this week, yeah, Razer, uh, the 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 PC controller company, they yeah. they announced a whole line of Mass Effect related stuff, and I was bummed that like that Microsoft has not announced a Mass Effect 3 console. I'm glad that at least they have something you could stick on your console. You could waste money. See, that's the thing. My wife Making turned to me. Making a pre-existing console. It doesn't. It, what's great is that my wife turned to me and she said. We're getting it. I said, well, it's for the Xbox Slim. She looks at me, so we're getting an Xbox Slim. How much do they cost? We're actually having this conversation. <laughs> you know what? You're going to need one because what? Doesn't your old Xbox, we talked about this last week, hasn't it red ringed a couple it's, times? It's infrequently it's, it's not ring-ing. the best health. 
It's well, gonna die. No, 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 no. My Xbox has been red rigging consistently since pretty much day one, and it's just a connection issue with where the hard drive attached. This is not interesting. I apologize. Yeah. The hard where the hard drive attaches to the Welcome Xbox. Welcome to the video, video game related podcast. Yeah. It's it's where the hard drive attaches to the Xbox. Is trouble with that contact. So oh. whenever I red ring, oh, I so it's not even an actual it, red ring thing. It's actually. It's, well, I mean, it red rings. It's causing red ring, but not. Message. It's not the circuit board well, the, soldering thing that causes everyone else to. Red no. Ring. See, I figured out the two things that cause it. It's either it abruptly decides Love. that that wants to happen, or plan B, um, I have tried, I have a wireless controller, I have it plugged into charge, and I turn on the console with yeah, the you button that on the, yeah, that will get it red ring every weird. time. But yeah, no, I'm bummed that Microsoft actually, you know, because they came out with, like, a Modern Warfare console, a Halo console. That was also around the holidays. I know, I know, I know. And, and those were also Xbox, no, 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 Modern Warfare is not an Xbox exclusive. I, see, the thing is, those are around holiday but imagine seasons, what, like, and there were reasons why people would go out and buy a console. Yeah. Someone's like, I'm gonna play a new Modern Warfare game. Go back. I wouldn't be surprised to actually see one at the end of this year. Oh, totally! At Christmas season, when With yeah, the they've got a Mass Effect bundle and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that I would believe. But in March, they're not gonna come out with a bundle. Yeah. They're not gonna do that. My wife and I were looking at Xbox Slim bundles, and it's like they're all ones that were from the holiday season. So you know, like, if I were smart, I should give you money. What would happen? How is is your is your old fat Xbox under warranty still? Probably. What I should do, if I were smart, I would give you guys money. To help, you know, to get your slim, and then you give guys give me your Modern Warfare fat console, and then I send it in to get fixed, and that's my console, because my Xbox is about to die, and then you get a slim that you slap all your Mass Effect shit into, <laughs> we're all fucking happy. Anyway, this is we'll yeah, fascinating uh, Bill and I have a, have a history of sharing Xboxes. The very first Xbox we bought was when we both lived together. Amazon was having one of their lightning deals for the yeah, holidays. Yeah, one of the first times they ever had an Xbox 360 on any kind yeah. of major sale, and it was a $100 Xbox. And at the time, even $100 was a big chunk for us. Yeah, we were so both we went hazies, yeah. yeah we, we, we both spent $50 on an Xbox, and we were we happened to be one of the first thousand people to click, and we got our $100 Xbox. Oh, God, yeah. That, that was one of those things where, like, I think I had to stay up until midnight. Yeah. Which, well, we, no, we were, you were living, I think you were living in Joshin's house. And I was oh, yeah, exactly. And so we were both We were both on our computers deal. at the same time. And it, it, and I was there at the exact same time you were, but I got hit with the server error because it crashed. Yeah, and but you I got managed through. to get through. Because Joshin's always got super <laughs> wicked internet here. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. so yes, I'm to- I'm actually having a conversation with my wife to buy Mass Effect armor for my console that does nothing. With the way my house is laid out, I will barely is it like get to $30 see it. Or something? Oh, it's eighty dollars. <laughs> I'm an idiot, but I am also a person where we're actually because we named our car the Normandy. Yeah. We got a black car because we we're gonna, we we're going to name it the Normandy, and um, we're actually talking about getting vanity plates. So we'll say S R V and M D Y. I might have to give you guys money so I can buy your old Xbox off you, so it'll justify not only getting an, an Xbox Slim, but yeah. Anyway. We're idiots. So what else? Yeah, what else happened this? Uh, this um, week? Well, there was an interesting article that came out. This oh, week. nothing happened to you. Oh, me? My oh, okay. friend had a baby. No, that's it. I spent the last 10 hours trying to oh, figure okay, out video sure codecs. No. I don't want to make sure you find out you're pregnant. I or... play more Assassin's Creed. The most interesting thing that's happened to me this week is I'm trying to decide whether to pierce my ears. I'm having the same conversation that most 8-year-old girls have. No. I, I do not. I have a weird... Your parents gave you that choice? The choice I never had. Well, I... <laughs> that's right. 
Um, Bill's got the gold loops like permanently in I don't know why I'm quoting Interview with a Vampire all of a sudden. Anyway, <laughs> anyway yeah. No, uh. I never, when I was a kid, I always felt strongly. And this is, I still kind of feel this way, and it's something I still think about. Because um, yeah. I haven't thought about tattoos and stuff. And I don't use this to judge other people or hold it against them. But to me, it feels like modifying your my body for vanity, just for aesthetic reasons, not for any, like, psychological or medical reasons, is ingratitude. Gratitude like, for what you like for the body that I have. Oh, okay, it's like when I was when I first. Uh, that, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. I mean, and like I, I don't, can, I can appreciate that. I don't like. I don't. My wife has ton. My wife has a down payment for a house worth of tattoos on her body. Like she's got crazy tattoos. She's got yeah. crazy piercings, and that's fine. I don't. I love them, and I love them on her. Well, you're talking about you like, though. It's yeah. a difference between someone you love and something like your own body. It's yeah. like I've thought seriously about getting a tattoo, and I just. Uh, well, you're living in the wrong times. town for someone who doesn't want to have well, tattoos. Like I said, piercings. I'm here to, oh, I don't know if I should pierce my ears. I'm not talking about my septum. I'm talking about my ears, Which, you know? Yeah, no one else would get, actually like, care about it. I'm going to get, like, little but... gold studs in my ears. That's what I'm talking about. Maybe you shouldn't. I don't know. I didn't think about it. I think it. it'd look fine. It'd be great. Yeah. You should get a whole, like, piercing suite so it's like that, and then you get the, like, the back lacing tat totally. piercings yeah. and all that shit. I may as well. Yeah. While I'm at it. Ugh. But it's just funny. The, 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 thing, the thing that is taxing my mind right now is whether I should get my ears pierced. This is my life right now. Not, not, I have nothing interesting to share. I wouldn't worry about it. You look fine without piercing. I know. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm slowly edging gently down the path. It's cool that you can open up your mind to the possibility, but yeah, there's no rush. It's cool. I know. Yeah. It just, you know, actually, so we, my, you are sliding in this, like, you are getting closer to becoming a lady, though. I'm Because even trying. right now, you're, you're, you're sitting here in, in socks and a skirt, which is. I am fitfully trying to become a girl with yeah. very mixed results. <laughs> So we'll see how this goes. But um, I actually recently found out that Jane Powell, who was a Portlander, and I mostly know, um, she was in an old-timey movie actress. I know her as Millie from Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, the best part of that movie and <laughs> all movies. Um, anyway, she she was... Um, a, Cookies. Bill is plying me with tagalongs. She wanted to get her ears pierced, but she um, had trouble with pain. So when she was having birth... One of the things that, she, or when she was going through birth, when she was going through labor, when she was finding a, trying to find a doctor, one of the things she was looking for was a doctor who would agree when she went under. To pierce her? To pier- pierce her ears. Yeah, why not? the reason why she went to her doctor. She was like, I want to get my ears pierced, but I'm not going to go through it. So what did you do the same thing? There we go. I'm going to have a baby just so I can, just so I can have my ears pierced. No, it's not a pain thing for me. It's just you might have weird. a baby someday. Why not take kill two birds with one stone? It gives you go. plenty of time to think about what, like, ba- artificial insemination baby you want to get. Plus, what kind of ear, what kind of piercing you want to get? I am blessed with enough friends with young children that if I want to, you could just I kill can go the parents play and, with uh, them. That's not the same. I have, I know an eight-year-old, I know two three-year-olds, and I now know a three-day-old baby. I've got all the baby access I need. I just want there to be a kid out there named Harriet Shepherd Maloney. <laughs> Harriet is my actually. <laughs> Harriet is my baby name. Harriet or Toby, if I ever had a baby, it'd be yeah. Harriet or Toby. Yeah, and I would not, Harriet. It just happens that I would share the name with my. There shepherd. needs to be a, a baby Maloney with a little N shepherd, uh, <laughs> or N seven shepherd hoodie. In, yeah, in a little onesie. That's yeah, in, it. The, in the hospital. That's it. Um. Anyway, what's going on with you, Bill? Man, uh, what did I do this week? What the hell did I do this week? Man, uh, still been cranking on Nintendo book stuff. Uh, I spent the last week just still just tightening up uh, the script for that. I still have to figure out what the beginning and ending of my script, but I'm working on that. I kept on working on my big Mushroom Kingdom map that I'm working How's on. How's that going? 
It's it's coming along. I'm doing the finished line art for it. I still have to color it and do a whole bunch of detail work on it. But it's mm-hmm. it's 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 maybe about one quarter done. Cool. That which the line art is like about one quarter of it. Then I have to go in and color and do all kinds of stuff. That's still gonna take me weeks to finish. Oh, I decided that. Oh, wait. Have you watched Avatar: The Last Airbender? Yes. Did we watch it together? No. I decided that uh, if I do another video game map and it's not video game related, it's gonna be the Avatar universe. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Oh um, well. Uh, <laughs> Uh, this weekend, my friends, uh, we're all going to finally finish the Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm pushing the, uh, for them to figure out what the hell we're going to watch next as a group. Mm-hmm. And at first I was uh, pushing them to watch Star Trek Enterprise, the last season of which, oh, which I just finished this week too. It's actually good. Star Trek Enterprise is known as the worst Star Trek series. Yeah. And it only lasted for four seasons before getting canceled. I didn't know it lasted as long as four seasons. Yeah. Which, the fact that it didn't last for a full seven is still pretty noteworthy, but the first three seasons are fucking terrible. The fourth season, uh, they, they had, like, a creative shift in management, mm-hmm. and a new guy took over. And it's actually really good. It's Well, and it's not it's not the greatest TV show in the world, but it gets really cute. It becomes a... Spe- the, the show, instead of... The first three seasons of Star Trek Enterprise, they spent all this time trying to bring in all these elements of the previous... Star Trek shows, like mm-hmm. bringing a Ferengi and Borg, and yeah. characters who don't actually shouldn't even exist in that universe yet. Yeah. Uh, just they, they try to draw on these characters just to uh, uh, bring in the ratings, but that the, the, that was all fucked up. But uh, this new guy who took over Star, for, uh, Star Trek Enterprise for the fourth season, he uh, just said, fuck it, we're going to get rid of all that shit. We're just going to make this show a prequel to the original Star Trek series. And so it's all about, like, there's whole episode, multi-episode arcs about, like, the augments... That were like there were those are the guys who uh, uh, Khan was in Star Trek: The Wrath of Khan and like Vulcan Civil War and uh, it's 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 actually pretty good and uh, so yeah so I was watching that and now that we're wrapping up Game of Thrones I um, I was pushing my friends to be like oh man we should watch Enterprise because they're all Star Trek fans but no yeah. no one's seen Enterprise and I was like oh man but no one's seen Avatar: The Last Airbender I was Wait, like these motherfuckers seen Avatar... no one are you Jenny kidding Kipper me still not watched it. Uh, Katie and Dylan have not, still not watched it. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, th- th- this is my, yeah. Th- 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 I just realized no this morning. No one has any excuse. And there's, uh, the Korra, Legend of Korra series is coming out ah, this year. Okay, Wait, they gotta I get, get prepared. I was also on the meh You don't want to oversell it too much, but. Well, the thing is, is that you watch After Last Avenger, you watch the first episode, and you're like, that's cute, that's yeah. totally competent, and then you keep watching it, and you're just in it and And then all of a sudden it turns into this amazing thing that is so much better than it is any right to be a nickelodeon kids show yeah yeah the stuff they got away with man i just got great characters yeah and i could oh i finally read i i purchased i don't know if i had a chance to talk about on the show the avatar um the last airbender comic that came out recently from dark horse the first part oh yeah no yeah i got that i talked about that on the show yeah man it's great yeah the artwork's really good like it's funny that i worry more about the artwork than the story but the story is great like it's the story, everywhere yeah, the story of the new comic takes place literally picks up right after the ending yeah. of this the, the TV series. And actually, yeah. like the first couple pages is the ending of the TV show, and it goes on to this new story. But yeah, no, Avatar: Le- at Last Airbender is fantastic. One of the not one of the best kid shows out there, but one, one of the best, best TV shows. shows. Yeah, TV shows ever. And yeah, these motherfuckers, all these smart motherfuckers who think they know what's up in media, have not seen it. I'm like, yeah. you fuck. It's like it's one of those things where it's it seems to me that there's a big thank God there's a huge audience for it with kids yeah like, thank God's kids have found it but like um yeah there's like a weird gap in people in like a like 
adults in pop culture who are just missing it. Yeah. Well, because it's animated, it? they think it's a kid show, and they're just like, meh. They don't realize it's like, if you like Buffy or something like it's that. Exactly it's exactly like the kind of kid show that I wish I could send back in time to my young self. Yeah. Like, my, my dear friend, like, I have a dear friend who does not watch any cartoons, does not read any comics somehow got into avatar yeah. she loved it so much when it was all done she has a white lotus tattoo on her Wait, inside wrist my friend amelia okay i mean she's so Man, not that, that's a great idea for tattoos it's brilliant yeah. and it's in white ink it's beautiful yeah. and oh it's really just, oh it's i'd love to see what that looks like i think i took a picture of it i want to drink more tea now just because of uncle ira from that show <laughs> It's just um, one of the, oh man, I can't believe it. Everyone, anyone who's listening to this, it's all on Netflix. You have no excuses. Yeah. Watch that shit. So that's, I'm going to be pushing Dude everyone Lord. to watch that. Um, yeah, just, yeah, so I finished up Enterprise and I'm pushing everyone to watch uh, Avatar Last Airbender. I started watching Downton Abbey. Okay. Bahar! Explain to me, explain to me in three I only saw the first episode, so I can't tell you too What much. is the appeal of Downton Abbey? Well, Bahar, <laughs> my lovely housemate Bahar, she is a Downton Abbey fan, and yeah. she just got the DVD for the second season. Yeah. And so she's like, oh, we should watch this here in the house, that'll be fun. And I said, okay, yeah, I'll watch the first season, because, you know, it's like the typical BBC's uh, bullshit, where a season of TV is only like six episodes long. Uh, so I watched the first episode, and uh, I mean, I'll show up to anything for Down- for for Maggie Smith. It's Maggie Smith, and I'm not and I'm not really slacking on period drama. It's at all, re- like but... it's really pretty. The costumes are great. The the sets are great. All I know is the, the first one. It's is... a bunch of rich people living in a house. Yeah. So I don't know why all these people are living in this house together. <laughs> I guess it's an Abbey. I didn't see no nuns or anything. I don't know what the hell. <laughs> I, it doesn't look like a church or anything like that. And so it's all these rich people in Britain. And they're all sad because suddenly if they find out, like, the guy who was next in charge of being the heir of this place, he yeah. died on the Titanic. So everyone's like, oh, man, oh, my. And Maggie Smith makes a couple pithy remarks. And then you find out this Duke, well, the Duke guy from some other place, he shows up and everyone's like, oh, my God, he's a Duke. And turns out he's fucking one of the, the butlers at this place. That's, like, the last thing you find out in the first episode. Okay. There's gay shit. So it's, oh, he's a, he's a dude butler. He's a gay dude butler. Okay, I assume. He's a hot assume. lady butler. Well, I didn't want to assume. No! Wow, okay. Yeah, so there's gay fucking. So is it, it's just, it's just a really well done period soap? Yeah. Yeah, okay. that, 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 yeah that's what it is. Okay. Uh, also, uh, there's this, uh, an old, uh, old war buddy of the guy who was the duke Mm-hmm. Or not the Duke, whoever owns Downton Abbey. He shows up looking for a job as a butler at this place. He, yeah. But this guy's the war buddy of the guy who yeah. runs the place. But he got his foot's all fucked up. And so he gets a job there, but he can't do anything because his, his foot's fucked up. He can't be a servant. And so there's all this drama about like them trying to keep him on while this guy obviously can't do any shit. And he's all sad because his foot's fucking him up and stuff. <laughs> it's cute! I, I mean, need to I watch can't, more to I get can't. into it. It's not bad. All I know is that everyone, I've seen people on Tumblr complaining about all the World War One aspects, which will probably Why? be, though, I don't know. Just, like, it's boring, apparently. It detracts from it's the It's Downton Abbey! It's not like if you took out all the World War One stuff, it'd suddenly be a rip-roaring tale of action and adventure. <laughs> I will show up for anything with World War One stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. Especially if it's World War One and Maggie Smith, because my other avenue yeah. for that is Oh, What a Lovely War, which I, is just oh, maybe weird. Oh, a weird sequel. <laughs> she got stuck in a time warp at age 70 years. Right. Oh, we need to watch it again sometime soon. <laughs> what is, oh, you should mention that, what, what was that? That's a musical Oh, What a Lovely War, War is weird as shit. I don't, I need to is learn. Is a movie from the 70s yeah i, I need to learn more made. about its history you had me watch it like like well, a I'm, long time so ago. okay i think i may have brought this on the podcast i'm totally fascinated by world war one much for the reason same reason that bill is fascinated by titanic it's as much about the culture of the time and all everything that that event 
the impact that the event had on the culture at the time. So I know a lot of songs from World War One. Like the one of the things that got me into World War One was two things. When I was eleven, I couldn't sleep one night really late. I turned on AMC. Yeah. And um uh Paths of Glory was on the Stanley Kubrick film. Wow. And it's great. It's one of my favorite movies now. I still haven't seen it. I've always heard good things. And I saw that and it just totally I had never really thought of I mean, yeah, World War Two. That's where it's at, right? Yeah. But um yeah, it totally got me fascinated with World War One. And then a friend of mine, um, like maybe a month later, loaned me a cassette tape that was um uh, Michael Feinstein who is a crooner along the lines of your um, Harry Connick Jr.'s, but on a lesser, much lesser scale, um, who did, he did a whole uh, album that was just World War I songs. Huh. It's actually really nice, and they're yeah. pretty good covers. But So I know all these, like, World War, and I totally got fascinated by that, all that stuff. So Oda Lovely War is weird. It's basically, it's a really strange, super stylized film, abstractly about World War I. I mean, it's about World War One, and it's all set, like, kind of in the context of popular music from the time. Yeah, isn't it a bunch of people trying to, like, raise funds for World War I? Uh, World War One? Dude, I there's a something? plot. I, I can't can remember. Barely... All I know is it's, it's got a young Maggie Smith in it singing oh, and dancing. Oh man, yeah, there's a great sequence where Maggie Smith is basically working with recruiters. I can't oh. remember what song she sings, but she is she is basically the sexy recruiter. Oh, I just realized, uh, what, no, so I guess this guy from Downton Abbey and his Batman. Well, that's what it is. He I know. Was. I know, but the way you say it is not what it is. Uh, <laughs> I know, exactly. I love, yeah. Uh, his servant, uh, I guess, yeah, I guess they didn't, they must not have served together in a little one uh, they must have been like serving together in South Africa now. Oh, yeah. Or Afghanistan or something like that, and I just missed it. Uh, but yeah, no, it was pretty awesome. I will have to give it a shot at some point. It's on a Netflix instant, so. Um, uh, I've been reading a Vic Armstrong book. Well, because you stole my iPad accidentally last week. I didn't, mean I didn't have access to my iPad, so I didn't have anything to read while falling asleep at night. And uh, a couple months ago, I bought. Uh, Vic Armstrong has a book. He's an, uh, He wrote an autobiography. Vic Armstrong is a stuntman who, he's one of the biggest stuntmen in the industry. Uh, he was a Harrison Ford stunt performer for the Indiana Jones movies uh-huh. and all kinds of stuff. He stunt doubled uh, Chris Reeve and Superman. and But he's been working for a long time. He's been working since, like, the late 60s. And uh, now he's a stunt coordinator just because he followed that career path of most stunt people where sure. when they get too old to be throwing punches, they just coordinate most the Most male stunt people. I know. Everybody watch Double Dare. Yeah, uh, if, yeah anyway. if you have Netflix instant, look up Double Dare. It's about a female uh, stunt lady uh, turned stunt coordinator. What's well, trying to turn stunt coordinator. Yeah, trying to stunt. Uh, it, yeah. Or she, if she had a dick, she'd be What's a stunt coordinator. Um, she's Epper. Susie Epper? Susie Epper. Yeah, Susie Epper. Uh, so anyway, yeah, this Vic Armstrong guy, he just wrote an autobiography, which it is all entirely, oh, here's, I did this on this uh, set of James Bond, this guy was a dick, this guy was cool, <laughs> I fell off a horse, broke my neck. <laughs> and that's like, it really is 200 pages of that. I haven't gotten into the Indiana Jones stuff, but it's pretty cute. And, uh, yeah, I just kind of did that and just, yeah, the Mass Effect demo. It's yeah. been a quiet week. Like I said, I've been mostly cranking on Nintendo stuff. I'm finishing up the last Takeshi Kovac book. What the hell is that? Um, I mentioned it in a couple of podcasts ago. It's Jewish, a trilogy. Is that Japanese Polish? Yes. Author? No, that's a character. Takeshi Kovac. It's, yeah. it's a great. It's a great little sci-fi series. The the kernel of it this is, is kind novel? of fascinating. Yeah, it's a Sorry, trilogy. I'm going to eat another tag along while I'm <laughs> talking about this. It just got optioned for a movie, actually, which I'm interested about. The 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 basically the premise of the sci-fi universe is um, human consciousness can be downloaded. So, and the way this doesn't, it's not, you can digitize it, but that's not really its primary use. Really what that means is that you can, if you, your body dies, 
you can re-download your consciousness into a clone of your original body, into a genetically engineered body, into a synthetic, altogether synthetic body. And so, in in effect, people can live hundreds of years if they so choose. Um, And it basically deals with the ramifications of that. Like, when you are um, caught for doing illegal activities, you don't go to jail, you are, um, what do they call it? I can't remember now, but you're basically just put offline. Your body is rented or sold. Kind of like boxed up a little bit like yeah, in, in Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, I can't remember what they call it. Damn it. Like, you're basically archived. Oh, so, like, okay. you can you can get 30 or 50 years and just blink out of consciousness. And so when you come back to, A, you're downloaded into this whatever body you get. Yeah. If you had some sort of insurance plan, then you're covered. Um, B, like, your children have grandchildren. Yeah, like you're, your wives you're put in the corner. Yeah. For yeah, so it's her. kind of a fascinating thing, and that like the way he the way he explores this stuff is very cool. And okay. uh, like there's what's this whole this, what's the name of the series? Um, a Takeshi, the Takeshi Kovacs books. Oh, that's the, all the it first is. one okay. is called Altered Carbon. The second one. Oh, Jen just got some of those upstairs. Read them; they're really compelling. They're okay. really good. It's great because I was trying to put my what finger got on. What you into these? Um, our friend Brenna recommended them highly. Brenna's smart. They're really great. But the third one, the, the each book is very different. Which is kind of cool. The first one is very much so a noir thriller, which got me into it. The second one is kind of a archaeological wartime book, mm-hmm. and then the third one is just kind of a crime. It's kind of heisty, but it's uh, mostly it's him dealing with all the effects of his past. He just re- revealed what he had been doing um, since the start of the book, and it's badass. It's 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 really upsetting and awesome. <laughs> How many? How many books are there? Three. Okay. I wish there were a million more. I could re- keep reading these books, but I'm pretty sure it's Takeshi's... almost nice to have just those three books. Like, there's so many yeah. like big drama fantasy oh, series totally. out there that were. Oh like, yeah. No, and really, bullshit. the way this character is headed, he's gonna explode. You fucking lied to me. What? You told me Game of Thrones spoilers, which turned out to be not necessarily how you presented them to me. I can't even <laughs> talk about them now because we're on air. But the faces are characters. Um, some characters who seem to have died, who did kind of die, well, at least one character oh, who did die, I think I you're talking about. They're still kind of shuffling around that universe, though. There's another character Wait, did I not tell you who that? you presume is dead, but you just haven't found out if they're actually dead. They'll have to, explain, they'll have to go a long way to explain how they're not dead, but if they, they have not died Game on the Thrones. page yet. Game, welcome to I was looking at Game, Game of Thrones, Thrones wikis. Yeah, because yeah, I know everything that happens in Game of Thrones because Andy's been spoiling me as she's been reading the books over the last decade. But yeah, I was kind of looking up this thing like blah blah blah. This character, I'm like, oh, it's so sad when so and so dies. That's what Annie said. I'm like, what happened? Wait, what happened to this character? What? And anyway, here's yeah. the thing though: a nobody really dies in Game of Thrones. They get because turned into can... a dragon egg. <laughs> you, there are so many different ways for that. This to be is what undone. I'm realizing. Yeah, it's always fucked up and at a terrible price. Well, B, everyone, everyone. Let's be honest with each other. Everyone in Game of Thrones is just about to be dead at any given moment. Even yeah. at the end of the last book, I'm like, you know what, bitches, I'm gonna stop being invested in all of you because <laughs> you're all just. It's just a. Everyone's gonna bomb. die, but even then, death isn't necessarily the final thing in Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah. Really, honestly, the best thing that can happen for, to you in Game of Thrones is if you die and are dead for real. This Basically, if you die and fall into a fire, it's be- yeah, so you can get reanimated as, exactly. a, as a frost corpse. <laughs> exactly, that is the best thing that can happen to you. Are you wait when you get reanimated by the White Walkers? Do you keep your like you become like a zombie? Right, I'm not, not gonna like, answer that question. Well, is that a thing? I'm not going to answer that question. Oh! <laughs> Spoilers! In Game of Thrones, you get no. reanimated by White Walkers. It's it's ambiguous. It's still kind of ambiguous. Okay. 
We have met some who seem to be White Walkers, but seem to have a consciousness. Oh. Okay, so then, it is a thing in play in the books. But it's not clear if those people just happen to be like White Walker. I don't know. Or something like, some kind of something's going on. You yeah. know what? At the end of the day, with a lot of Game of Thrones, you just have to kind of twinkle your fingers and go, it's magic! Do you fair? That's one of my favorite parts of Game of Thrones, is when just something bullshit magic out of left field happens, because man. it's so infrequent. Watching that series again, man, it is all about Tyrion and Lannister, Oh, though. yeah. The books I, are. The series is just more honest about it. Yeah. The um, books, it took them like a book to figure that out. God. So, yeah, so that's everything that happened to us. Yes. Uh, you want to do the uh, week, Geek Week in review real quick? Yeah. Uh, actually, a pretty decent amount of stuff happened this week. I don't think that much stuff had happened, but... Uh, podcast listener Half Dragon 3 has alerted me to the existence of Peter Panzerfaust. Panzerfaust? Which is a World War II themed Peter Pan comic from Image Comics. Seriously? You didn't see this? No. Uh, it just came out like two weeks ago. Yeah. I had, I wish I'd heard about this so I could have picked up a copy at Excalibur when I was there uh, picking up the Adventure Time comic. But yeah, I don't know if it's any good. <laughs> I just saw the cover and it is like some like, you know, like 15 year old kid and like not dressed like as a Nazi, but like still like leading a Panzer tank brigade. <laughs> I was like, I mean, I honestly, read that. Peter Pan would totally be down for that. I saw that, and I was like, oh man, I wish I it? thought of that. Yeah! There's some things, like, okay, these are the two other World War, no, there's one other World War, th- one thing that I actually thought was kind of brilliant, it was similar to that. When I was a younger person, I dallied, dabbled with furry fandom. Mostly in that, you know, I ran a Disney's Robin Hood fan site. I loved the Redwall books. I liked furriness. It wasn't in furry their... in the way that you... Well, here's you weren't the thing. sexualizing was... it or dressed well, like see, a furry. See, that's the thing. I was a furry. Oh, I saw these two people on the bus and they had foxtails sticking out of their butts. <laughs> oh, Thanks man. for sharing, Bill. They had a real fun. I'm like... just saying, they didn't. They weren't necessarily furries. They could have just been Portlanders. Oh, <laughs> that's true, chance. too. But no, I and I got, like, many people who dabble in furry fandom got driven away for largely for the... The sexualization, because that's what most people yeah. think of when they think furry fandom. And you can't have a conversation with someone and say, like, Bill just reacted. I can't say I was a part of furry fandom without you being all defensively. Well, you didn't actually want to fuck a fox or be a fox and get fucked by another fox. You just like anthropomorphic animals who talked. Uh, it still makes me sad. Are animaniacs furries? There's probably a huge debate going on about that somewhere on the internet. Yeah, because what they are not a specific thing. I right? think they're kind of like Gonzo, where they're whatever. I yeah, think there's the actually buttons. an episode. Yeah, the doctor calls them like dog things or something like that. <laughs> anyway, okay. no, but um, there was a there's a furry, and so when I was trying to like figure out what I could like, because the thing, the problem with any fandom that's not focused around a thing, is you kind of have to find your own way through it. Yeah. So I there's a furry comic anthology has been around forever probably still going for all i know called furlough that started in like the 80s or 90s as military themed furry comics and just publishes sporadically around as well hard to find and it was kind of pre before i could order anything on the internet so i found two issues at my local comic book store and i found i wish I, i've been trying to find it and mention this online so feel free to email me it's kind of a brilliant idea for a comic it was like halfway through the story so i don't know what the context was uh-huh. it was um wind in the willows meets world war one which totally makes sense. Yeah, kind of I like, that, I would yeah. believe Peter Pan having fun, like, gleefully fucking with death on the battlefield like an asshole child that he is. Yeah. Um, basically, Mr. Chode goes, fuck it, I'm gonna go fly planes. You call him Mr. Chode? Mr. God, I hope not. I meant to say Mr. Toad. Dear Lord. I, I Either that or I willfully heard that that way. Anyway, yeah. Mr. Toad, no, like that totally makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And so, of course, Badger, Toad, and Fra, or, and, and Mole have to go and enlist to protect him. Oh, uh, on that same theme, there should be always funny. be historical British 
uh, fairy tales retold, uh, overlaid with vertical, uh, British imperialism, like Winnie the Pooh in India, just like enslaving people. Oh dear Lord. Yeah. Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, no, Christopher Robin, he's just like running around the tea fields, just like, oh, look at that brown person. Is he a bear? He looks like a bear. He's eating honey out of my so penis. So Winnie, Winnie the Pooh <laughs> through the lens of Rear Kipling? Yeah. Oh, like yeah. Yeah. There you and go. Disney gets to sue everyone who does. Oh, <laughs> Tigger, Tigger, burning bright. <laughs> oh, there you go. There's your title right Copy there. Right that shit right now. <laughs> oh my I'm god. I'm just saying. There's some like I, I hate to say it. Like be the person who's like, but with war, so it better. But yeah, you cool. can do that, so it's interesting. You I mean, that was actually compelling. Okay. That comic. Granted, I was like. 13, so who knows? Even I admit that you could probably do something cool. Steampunk, too, if you... If you I still... One of these it. days, once I can figure it out, the World War One comic I want to tell, I want to take two actual historic events and combine them. So, um... Annie Oakley volunteered and actually talked to the president um, about having a training squad of female sharpshooters going over and serving. And she got vetoed. In World War One. In World War One. Oh, man. She got vetoed. How old would she have been? Old ass old. Oh, old man. and hyper-Christian. It'd be, so it would be Maggie Smith with an American accent. And super crazy, scary Christian. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And Teddy Roosevelt also, because he's Teddy Roosevelt, yeah. wanted to lead. And so like, I always thought it would, and, and of course Scott vetoed. I always thought it would be a great comic to do would would be basically Teddy Roosevelt finding out about Annie Oakley's interests yeah. and saying thinking, uh, like, they can say no to Teddy Roosevelt, they can say no to Annie Oakley, but they can't say no to us together. And it would be this whole thing about them um, going on this national tour, like, basically it's a war effort tour, culminating with tour, them yeah. going... well, in like two, Just collecting in, people, yeah. yeah. And culminating with them going to the White House and proposing this and of course it, there's this whole thing behind it and going overseas and serving the dirty but, three dozen well yeah. the, so the thing is they're both old ass people with antiquated ideas of warfare like literally all the worst of world war one yeah but the thing is the more I th- and i really i've been thinking about this story for years but i can't see any way it ending except them going over and dying immediately <laughs> of mustard gas fight, yeah. like seriously and ultimately like for a long time i was like yeah that's gonna be the ending and i'm like fuck yeah i can see teddy roosevelt just like hit, slamming head first into a tank and just getting crushed <laughs> Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. So that's my that's my stupid World War One mashup that I'll do someday maybe. Man. No, that sounds awesome. Uh finally, uh Parks and Recreation is being pulled off the air. Shit. For your community. For, for your goddamn community. Community is being put in supply. Is it impossible for them to peace peacefully coexist? Uh, yeah, not when one takes the time slot of the other. Bill's beloved television show, Community, is coming back on Thursday, uh, March fifteenth. But it's replacing Parks and Recreation, which is going on hiatus until late April. What the fuck? Can't they just air? Can they just air Community, Parks and Recreation, and Thirty Rock? Not if they're out of episodes. I mean, yeah. they have got to. But they're sure still this gonna happen. shitty show. Who's the lady with her tits got sh- uh, cut off? Um. <laughs> From uh, Mary of the Children. Christina Applegate. <laughs> She's on this terrible show <laughs> with Amy Poehler's husband, Joe Bluth. Oh, Will Arnett, yeah. Just, no one likes that. No one watched that. Just hey, put that away and put all the shows everyone wants together. together. Don't fucking... Do what the internet says. Take the turd out of the delicious ham and bacon sandwich. It's not for you, dude. Oh, man. It's oh. not for you. I'm just, saying. I'm just saying, two like two and a half men is still on the air. Doesn't matter. Community's probably not coming back next. I was gonna say, let's be honest. It's like it's like they're doing what the internet wants for a little while. I know, what? just to be like, hey, we gave it a chance. We yeah. aired the last three you episodes. You can't complain too much. Oh man, the most recent Parks and Recreation was beautiful. 
Parks and Recreation Which is amazing. Amazing. It was um the um Oh Louis C. K came back. Oh that's right. Oh okay, He's yeah. great. I love his character. He handcuffs Ben in the bathroom. It was beautiful. And then um, it was the return of Duke Silver. Oh, so Duke Silver saved the day. It was beautiful. Man, yeah, everyone who has not seen Parks and Recreation, you should that's again it's all on uh, Netflix instead. You gotta get through the first Suffer season. Suffer through the first season, which is only six episodes long. And then you get to the beauty. The, the beauty second season really just even right from the first episode yeah. just really takes off. Uh, yeah, Parks and Recreation. But yeah, Community is coming back. I um, I need to watch Community again because I'm such on a Parks and Recreation high right now. That seems so much better than Community. But Community is good, too. I, mean, I don't doubt it. Yeah. You know what? Because, like, I was trying to talk you into watching Community. And you're like, I'm not watching that. If you have to watch Parks and Recreation, I watch Parks and Recreation. <laughs> I've got the Community DVDs over there. It's I should not make you me. leave unless you've got taken And I will home. use it as a coaster. I know. And I'll enjoy it so much as You're a You're on vacation for the next week. You can watch Community like five times over. <laughs> That's right. It's got Alison Brie. She's a, she's a, No, Alison Brie is great. She's, got, she's a breasted brunette. She's good. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's right. Speak to me in my language, Bill. I'm just saying. If you like who... What's her name from The Mummy? Rachel Weiss. Rachel Weiss. Fuck if you like you. Rachel Weiss, you're obligated to like Alison Actually, Brie. I have started to realize that I'm, I'm, I like brunettes. Yeah. You like women who are like of your clan. I'm apparently if at heart, a lesbian, I'm a lesbian narcissist. Yeah, if you formed a lesbian colony on Mars, it would just be women who look like you, where it's all, like, doe-eyed brunettes. Yeah. Which works, because that's pretty much all lesbian, or, like, all Martian women camps in any medium ever are basically the same woman, so it works no, that's out. Actually, that's true. From those John Carter of Mars uh, commercials, I'm saying that's true. You know what that comes out, like, in two weeks? I'm excited for it. I would have it. no idea. I mean, there's commercials, but... There's no one's talking about her no. or anything. But I'm up for I'm up for some big grand sci-fi. Oh yeah, I saw. Did you see? Uh, Aidencool.com uh, posted a fan-made commercial for John Carter, which is the best commercial I've seen yet. But it's a fan-made commercial, yeah. which expl- it, it's a, it's much more action-packed and actually tells the story of John Carter because it shows that he's actually a human being who gets taken up to Mars. Yeah. And also points out that this is based off a 100-year book, so yeah. that kind of like anyone who's watching the commercial thing, oh, this is just not a rip-off of Avatar. Uh, yeah. Not Avatar: The Last Airbender. The other, the one. blue one. That you know that points out like no, this is Avatar ripped us off. That's a great. They need. They should have made that shit clear in the advertising campaign for this stuff, and they haven't. So everyone does think, especially like in the movie, they're painted blue, so it looks even more like Avatar. Oh man, they're fucking up with that. The marketing people. How, I mean, it's clear that that marketing department had no idea what to do. Yeah, and even just just it calling it John sad. Carter with that big bland font. Yeah, it's just kind of goof. I mean, I like I am the demographic for that sort of movie, and even I'm like, I'll go see it. I was more interested in the Conan movie at this point. Yeah. I'm just saying. Man, I forgot. Um, who's the fish with the scar in Finding Nemo? <laughs> <laughs> Willem Dafoe. <laughs> that was the first one. You know, unfortunately, when I think of Willem Dafoe, I didn't even see Antichrist. I was like, I think I was the no the dude who got his dick. Antichrist. All I know about Antichrist, Antichrist it's the Lars von Trier movie. Oh my god, well I never heard about this. Yeah. I saw Platoon in the theaters back in the day. <laughs> he gets, he's the main character, I should know. I should think of Platoon before I think of Finding Nemo. Well, no, I forgot that Willem Dafoe is in John Carter of Mars. Um, but he was also in Finding Nemo, which is directed by Andrew Stanton, the same guy yeah. made. So I was like, but you only hear his voice in the commercial? And I was thinking, oh, that's so funny if he comes out of the darkness and he's the fish <laughs> with the scar from Finding Nemo. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, uh, this is. Uh, do you care? Have you ever played the SS, SXX games? 
SSX. It's hard to say that right. <laughs> SXXX. SSX? The snowboarding game. I knew of them. They came out with yeah. a demo for the new one on Xbox Live this week. I played the fuck out of that this week. That's the other thing I did this week. It's just snowboarding, but yeah. it's all tricks and stuff. It's yeah. essentially Tony Hawk except with snow going totally. downhill. Man, and I love the Tony Hawk games back in the day. Yeah. No, it's really good. This is just like the old games, except it's really pretty because it's all in HD. Because mm-hmm. uh, you're like snowboarding on like all the mountains in the world. You're on like yeah. the Rockies and Antarctica, New Zealand and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they have this thing where uh, the, the scores of other people show up and mm-hmm. you have to beat them. And that even works with the demo. So I was up until like 2 a.m. last night trying to beat everyone <laughs> else's scores. Uh, I should not be, I should not want to buy that game, but man, it's tempting. I can't really make fun of you because I was looking at, um, for some reason I was looking at the Secret of Monkey Island that came up for Xbox Live yeah. about a year ago. And I was very happy to see that I had beat all of y'all's scores. As well, I should. I still have not beaten that. I got, I got, I got halfway game. through that game, but I that never will probably it. have been about the fifteenth time I've played that. Game, but no, the best so. part of SSX demo is that uh, you unlock an extra character in the demo if you forward forward the demo to someone else. Or yes, I received your message, Bill. But then you can edit the text in the referral, and the referral, the text in the text in the referral is ad copy saying, "Hey, do you want to play SSX? It's awesome. I just downloaded it here. It's a hot new game from EA Games. I changed it like it's a hot new game from my butt." Yes. No, the message you said to me was that um, it's the latest game from My Vagina. Yeah! That was what you told me. My Vagina? Yes, her vagina. My butt. Nope. In my message, you said your vagina. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow. I must have had a fugue state. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Not to harp on uh, Bioware and uh, Mass Effect anymore, but Drew Karpishian, Drew Karpishian, one of Bioware's biggest writers, he wrote for everything from Baldur's Gate. Wait, was Baldur's Gate Bioware? Yeah. Was it? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, I love Baldur's Gate. I didn't realize. Yeah. Uh, to KOTOR, to Jade Empire, to the first two Mass Effect games, and wrote the three first Mass Effect novels, he has left Bioware to pursue a full-time career as a novelist. I'm about to say something mean, and Those I apologize books are right shit. now. Those books are not very well written. I love Mass Effect. Are you saying Mass Effect is not well written? No, 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 no. I love the games. Don't get yeah. me wrong. I love Mass Effect. The first book is about Anderson's backstory. It's I love. Anderson. It's about Anderson and Saren. It's about the shit that goes down between them. I could kissed. not even finish it. And they smooched. I never leave books unread, and I totally got halfway through and put it down. And so you're saying he's going to be begging for his job in about six well, months? Well, not necessarily. It's just kind of I'm sure he's man. listening to his podcast right now going, oh, well, I'm, I know that when you're writing, even when it's canon that you formed, I know that when you're writing like a, a licensed novel, you're not necessarily giving it your all. But yeah. I found the prose to be boring. Oh, okay. boring. That's the important part, where you're actually showing yeah. your particular skills as a writer are not, are not shining through. So when I heard that, I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> really? Oh, man. Well, you don't have to worry about him anymore. Don't our quit your day games. job. Oh, wait. Oh, no. No, I love, I mean, like I said, I love, I mean, I love, I played all those games. I love them all. Have you heard about this hamburger helpler? That's on my list, too. Fuck the internet. Fuck the internet. For the, uh, Fuck the internet. Should we explain what this uh, thing Jennifer is? Jennifer Hepler, who's a uh, a writer at Bioware and has been through... Um, she wrote for Dragon Age, Dragon Age She did not write for Star Mass Wars. Effect, though. No, Star Wars, The Old Which Republic. Which is funny, because it seems to be a lot of Mass Effect fans going after her, but anyway. Jesus Christ. Someone on Reddit found an interview with her from 2006 where she says something that I have thought a lot. Where she basically brings up there are a lot of people who play video games for the story and for the characters and not necessarily combat. People can skip cutscenes. Sometimes I wish people could skip combat. Because I've been there. I've been playing a game where I really am enjoying it 
and I get to a seat and I'm like not enjoying the gameplay or the combat or anything like that. I just want to see what happens next. Yeah. And and if any any company would uh, want to pursue that kind well, of thinking, it yeah. should be a storytelling game uh, company like Bioware. So Reddit posts uh, has an article like a really highly trafficked article on the subject, and the, like the subject line is like, "This woman is a cancer at Bioware." And they they just yeah republished the whole goddamn thing. Ugh. Man, and it's just like too. totally took it out of context and just like and this woman received death threats who was harassed at her home uh, she tried to uh she's trying to delete her twitter account yeah she she, so put, many... she created a twitter account within a day of tweeting uh creating that account she uh had it deleted because uh, all the feedback she was getting from people just calling just just saying fuck you you're a cancer just pretty much just reiterating the same oh, shit and the, you, and the standard like horror and to be, like, well yeah that's the other thing where it's all sexist the yeah exactly and to be fair like she did granted this is one of the things that i would have said one of the last tweets that she had before twitter got taken down is like these people are just jealous because i have a job in the game industry and a vagina and they'll never have either oh man she said that <laughs> she did which <laughs> not help her case but... well i'm just saying not, help her case. not to say i'm sure so, so those stronger have... words should have been shot at these people. That's not that's not gonna make her any for. Well, yeah. okay. To be fair, don't you think you're jealous because I have a video game industry job is not helping her favor. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's an it's a, a thing said in anger, but I, she's not necessarily wrong. No, she's not wrong. <laughs> but yeah, no. Oh, I saw like her uh, bosses came to defend her too. But it just yeah, one of the doctors and well, then the people were complaining about her was to started doing that typical internet bullshit where they're like, oh, yeah. you guys are all just white knights. Anytime anyone correctly calls people out on their shit on the internet, people are like, oh, you're a white knight, man. Well, the thing is, like, beyond just the unacceptable personal harassment of this woman who has created things that these jackasses love... Um, like shit, like they've she and her husband have written. Her husband is also a writer at Bioware, I believe. Yeah, I think he actually worked on this because there's a Hepler who worked on the Mass Effect yeah. uh, universe art book, which I have sitting next to me. Yeah. Like some reviews of books that they had written, like on Amazon. Needless to say, they're it's like one star, yeah. like lower, and like shit. I mean, it's just ridiculous bullshit. Girl on the internet saying things I don't like about things like, this is something I have thought all the time. I don't really like Mass Effect's gameplay. I mean, I enjoy it. I, I'm, I'm playing in role-playing mode still. You don't care about the shooting, though. I yeah. suck at shooting. The, one of the things I hate about multiplayer is that the only one of the reasons why I love Mass Effect gameplay is when I'm shooting, I can pause with my power wheel, figure out where the fuck everyone is, and then go back into combat. That's the only reason way I can play those games. That's the only reason why I'm any good at them. Yeah. And like she's only saying things that I, I've thought about all the time. I It took me a long time to get into gaming because I'm not very good at playing a lot of games. Yeah. Like, she, this is exactly how I feel. I could have been Jennifer Hepler in this. I totally took it personally. I was like, God damn, internet, come on. It's one of those things where those people deserve to die. Mm, I mean, Jesus. I really, it's one of those things where I, if I had my wish, I actually kind of wish someone would show up on my doorstep. Like, I love the internet. Start beating the shit out of these assholes. The internet has given me so many wonderful things, but shit like this, and like, do you yeah. read Post Secret at all? Uh, I used to, and it got just turned Before into like, I love my vagina flower. <laughs> yeah, I no. love doughy secrets. I don't know, it just, yeah. Anyway, long story short, dude who makes Post Secret makes a Post Secret app, uh-huh. where you can take pictures and text and share them anonymously, just like the Post Secret. Oh, okay. Needless to say, very rapidly covered with dongs and turds, to the point where he pulls it from the app store. Oh, people just like, three I, weeks, pooped a po- I pooped in my butt. Just pictures of shit and pictures of dicks and pictures of porn. Yeah. And it's all anonymous and you can't really censor it because it had like 200 oh, submissions a day. I not heard about this. So he pulls it from the app store because he's a dis- decent man with integrity. 
Why does the internet? The internet can do so many wonderful things. Tim Schafer has raised two million dollars to make his video game, and that's a really bad example, but like of, of goodness. But that's a great thing that the internet has done recently. The yeah, but then you have the hamburger helpler the thing. Internet, internet taketh away. Ugh. Hamburger helpler. Jesus Christ! I hate everybody. Oh, uh, should we not talk about video games ever again? <laughs> Just go on strike. It's like I love Next video week, games so uh, much. We're gonna review pudding. This and is pudding exactly cups. what I'm talking about. Where I feel like I don't feel welcome in gaming. I do not. It's like you you asked me this morning. You're like, "Hey, Annie, it's Ash Wednesday. Why don't I have Ash in your forehead?" Before you remembered that I don't feel I'm not Catholic because I'm gay. Yeah. I can't be Catholic. There are other Although, reasons. this is not just gaming. It's the same this thing, is humanity though. in general. It's like Jesus Christ. Gaming, just because it's it's kind of a juvenile cu- customer base, I can't, I tends, can't. this tends to be a heightened thing within gaming, though. But this is not just gaming. This is just uh, half humanity deserves to get shot in the face. I love. Not that that should make people. you feel any better, but. I love people, and sometimes it, I just get so... Yeah. You wanna hit people in the anus. Let's talk about good things about gaming this week. Oh. Two good things um, came out uh, to assist with video gaming this week. Um, Vox Games uh, did a soft launch on Verge. Um, oh, man, their site's ugly. <laughs> I understand what they're going... Reading an well, actual article I appreciate article they're trying to do it, something new. Yeah, well, no. see, as soon as they said, oh, we've all, we're all gonna, we're gonna join voices with Verge Media, I go look at Verge Media. I understand they're trying to present something differently and present it more as, like, almost like a magazine rather than uh, a yeah. blog, and of more using what you, the, dy- you know, what you can do dynamically with the web as opposed to just, like, a static role. Yeah. But it's unreadable. It's so hard to discern. It's just a big wall of text when you go, or there's like it's just a big wall of inf- information when you go to the uh, the Vox Games website. Yeah, and there's uh, there the information is not tiered. If you just want to look at like a specific like platform of games or a specific kind of feature, you don't know what's what. Everything's just white text with a vague uh, headline. It's hard to understand. It's yeah, you have to kind of like you have to work too hard to glean the information you want. From that, it's I feel very similarly to what I feel about the Gawker redesign yeah. that happened on their websites, where I should not have to learn how to use your website. Yeah, exactly. You cannot yeah. tell me it will be intuitive once you figure it out. Yeah, you've well, already. Justin McRoy, who I love, uh, one of his comments was, "If you spend enough time with the site, you'll understand." But that's not the answer. It should yeah. be automatically intuitive. You shouldn't have to. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I will, I will stick with it, and like site. I love all the writers they have. On oh, there. but yeah, this I'm is they, they admitted this is alpha. This is them just launching. It sounds like that they're just launching just to get a, get ahead. Of Mass Effect Three, this so this is they're going to be refining. This well, and they're just right now. It's long. just really it's still a subsite of the Verge. It's not yeah. its own thing. Yeah, the, the, and it's it's the it's and, the Verge interface. That's yeah. what it is. And it's not even they're they're probably going to change the name too. So this is just them just putting something up on the web. This is far from the finished site, but it is kind of. It's like I don't want to have to work this hard to like this, guys. Yeah, well, However, the solution is the Penny Arcade Report. Yeah, because the Penny Arcade Report also launched Smart Move. Um, the folks at at uh, uh, Penny Arcade have hired a really um, really excellent writer to just do focused um, uh, focused quality games. Recording. Yeah, Ben Guccera from Ars Technica. We talked yeah. about this once before. Yeah. It's like he, to do just and it launched this week. It's He's great a sole reporter, so it's that's, really that's laser you... focused content because yeah. they only update like maybe once a day or twice a day yeah. at the most. It's instead of big wall of stuff, they just choose whatever story they want to write and about. And it's good shit. It's yeah. not just like you know something that they hash together. Like what the big kerfuffle on the web this week was. You know he they did this great he did this great interview with Gabe Newell at Valve. Oh, I yeah, yeah. I got a story about. This. And and Kotaku um, looked at this interview. Um, on the header image was a really nicely done photograph of Gabe Newell, and he's grown a beard. 
And Kotaku, for this great interview, they just ran with, and is a goof, really, just took the picture, posted it, they're like, Gabe Grobeard. That was their take on this entire information. Really Which, that's Kotaku in a nutshell, where... And, and it, and it was, oh. and, and the way their interface works is that, and I believe him when he says this, the way their interface works is that their images get cropped. It's awful to look at any images on their website. I had email correspondence with Luke Plunkett, the guy who wrote that and posted that interview last night over yeah. this. Uh, because uh, the moment that went live I uh, on Twitter, yeah. I just posted, the fuck watermark, Kotaku, yeah. fuck Luke Plunkett. The watermark Plunkett. from the Penny Arcade Report was not visible. Yeah, so it looked Kotaku. like they had stolen com. the image. Yeah. And, uh... And so, yeah, on Twitter, I was like, fuck these guys. No one likes Kotaku anyway, so I, I don't like Kotaku anyway, so I just said, fuck these guys. Although, Luke Plunkett, the guy who posted this uh, this article, stupid article, he actually did email me later on the day. He must have been doing this to everyone who was talking shit about this online, so I yeah. can't imagine what kind of day he had yesterday. But yeah, he sent me an email saying, hey, Bill, I thought we were buddies. Uh, we posted this great thing about your Zelda map from last year. What happened? Why do you hate me now? And yeah. uh, I, I, I did apologize to him for snapping, you know, because I was like, okay, I can understand if, like, the, the Kotaku's website, the way it's uh, set up when you post an image, the shit might get cropped up. But I told him, like, you, with, like, all these other websites pro- popping up, like the PA Report and yeah. Vox Games, you got to make sure that shit doesn't go live. You hit the fucking preview button before you hit post yeah. this you know you guys like i apologize but at the same time yeah i was very forward in this email with him just saying man you guys gotta step your shit up a little bit yeah I, I really like steven toledo and the only steven tortilla <laughs> that's right and um i was excited about him becoming editor of kotaku but like it seems like so far his big innovation has been this idea of um structured content so like you will have like yeah that's kind of like, an interesting idea package it like so certain points during the week you will know they will be reporting on certain things yeah and, and it's the, almost like television programming a little bit and that yeah. you know like on tuesday nights they'll be talking about japanese games it's just it's an interesting thing but it still doesn't it's not enough it has so much of the website is still just like i don't know maybe not always cake posts but just weird just like this thing with the the, the 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 PA report where they had this fascinating interview with uh, Gabe Newell, and the only thing they took from it is, oh, he grew a beard. And it's just like, really? Like, but that's kind of what it all boils down to, because the whole idea behind the PA report is intelligent, thoughtful game journalism, whereas K- Kotaku is still click. I mean, they got it. They were about page views. Yeah. I don't. I, I don't pull against them. Kotaku's in a decline. I don't see it pulling out of unless they there's a fundamental change in management over there or something like that, but I don't know. I'm not too worried about Kotaku. Because, you know, if it doesn't shape up, then it'll just get weeded out and... I mean, I gave I kind of gave up on Kotaku after the redesign, because it was too hard. It was too... I mean, I'll, I'll check it every once in a while now. I'll check it on their mobile site, because their mobile site is pretty yeah. much the same. But So I'm not too worried about that, but man, I feel kind of... I'm excited I, about I the PA like Kotaku, report. But, yeah. The PA report looks great so far. I want to play Dear Esser, but I, it does not Matt compliant. I know everyone keeps like, oh, it's so good. I'm like, it's gotten to the you. point where I'm actually thinking about getting a tower and just hooking it up to my TV. Oh, did I tell you someone sent me a recipe for like a cheap four hundred dollar gaming platform that you can play like Heights of the Old Republic and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. When I uh, a month ago when I was talking about how oh, I wish I could play Knights of the Old Republic. Yes. Uh, I I I, can, I don't know if it was one of our listeners, but he sent us. He sent us uh, um, 
uh, just like on New Wave, just saying, here, yeah. here's all the components you need. Here's the listing for everything you need to build your own super cheap, like $400 tower. Yeah. So I, I, I still have that if you want. I don't know if you want to put together on your own computer. Well, I, I'm but... not scared of that. Mostly I am. My, my wife keeps making fun of me because I mentioned this to her. And I'm like, oh, we can use it as like, you know, our entertainment. Like we can just use it as like a server and everything for the most part. And then we can play some PC games on it if we want. She just looks at me and she goes, you can say you want to play Old Republic. And I'm going to say, what do MMOs do to you? And then you're going to say, I'm not going to play the Old Republic. She's not wrong. I, I can't. I don't think I can put myself in a situation where the Old Republic is It's a single-player MMO. No, you no, want to no. get that sucked in. No, 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 no. I know myself. Games that don't, don't end, think... it ends poorly for me. doesn't matter. We're going to play uh, Minecraft this summer. Jesus over Christ. Xbox Live. It doesn't matter. Jesus Christ. Okay, uh, we'll get a little bit more news. Oblivion and Fallout are being released together in a double pack uh, for the Xbox 360... <laughs> For 30 bucks! Called the Never Go Outside bundle. Yeah! That's like 200 hours of content! Oh, oh that's beyond 200 hours. I sunk 250 bucks. hours into Fallout 3. I wish alone. I had a time machine. I could mail this uh, double pack to myself from like, uh, back to my, yeah, from like four years ago. Holy shit. <laughs> head would explode. And finally, the Oscars are this Sunday. Do you give a shit? Is it this Sunday? It's this Sunday, yeah. Wow. So we have, I have an Oscar special about our picks and. Hits and Actually, one of the best times I've I don't the know. Oscars is it's an award show. All award shows are unwatchable. The best time I ever had watching the Oscars, I went to um, the Baghdad Theater, which is a, a local oh, second run theater. That, yeah. There are a lot of like all the cute little second run theaters in town do a live screening of the Oscars. Totally the only thing that. that's better, like the only way to make an award show palatable, is to watch it with a room full of people drinking beer who are like rooting for their favorite sound editors. <laughs> it was amazing. Well, it was amazing. Yeah, Oscars, man. Uh, I was looking at the. I, w- I thought we could talk a little bit about like the best uh, picture nominees or anything like that. I didn't see any of them. There's nothing came out last year. I'm sure some of those movies are good. Well, Hugo's nominated. I loved Hugo. That's coming out on DVD next week. I'll be flipping out about that too. Uh, and the artist was cool. But we, even then, as as much as I love Hugo and the artist, they were both just kind of like cute little homages to silent film. But like saying that they like they were the best picture of the year. Well, maybe that was just a really say, good year for movies. Did you see any other films? A couple. I mean, I saw Drive. Again, that oh, was drive. that was interesting, but it wasn't like it was that guy's kind of movie. That's all it was. Yeah, it was his most coherent movie. When this is the kind of year where people are upset that that didn't get nominated for Best Picture. Oh, it didn't was, get nominated. For Best it Picture. didn't get nominated. But I a would lot of say people did. I would say that is a that is a yeah, bad thing. I thought it was really good. I don't think it was bad, but. Well, compared to the other Best Picture nominees, yes, maybe. The Help got nominated about, hey, we're white people, we should help black people. Did you see The Help, Bill? Yes. Don't shit on... Th- you, Did you see You the saw help? how it was marketed. Was it so good? No, I didn't see it. Was I'm just saying. I'm just... I was offended with Man. how it was marketed to me. What? Well, you know what? what? We saying. should watch The Help and the Dolly Parton uh, black people singing movie. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm just saying. Martin don't... Luther King will weep joy Don't shit on things and make assumptions based on the trailer that you saw, my friend. Uh, Last of Us is going to be terrible. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. Oh, so yeah, that's the week of news. Uh, we didn't even talk about what we're going to talk about this week. Are well, we still first, before about... we go on to that, I, 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 we got we got some adorable feedback from you guys, and I appreciate every time you guys email us. I really do. Um, about our podcast length, and because I have, I keep saying we're too damn long, we're too damn long, and you guys keep responding with you're too damn short. Give or, us more. Your perfect length. 
and you guys are great, but I have to tell you, and it's, it's been unanimous. <laughs> well, what? No, yeah, no, no, it's been, been totally unanimous. unanimous. Saying, make longer podcasts. And Bill was like, did you see? We keep getting told to make longer podcasts. And I keep looking at him, because all the people who went short podcasts stopped listening. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a good point, yeah. People like me who are like, fuck, this is more than an hour. When do what I going to have an hour? Fuck? They didn't stop listening. This so is... you know what, you guys? We'll keep doing them longer. We're not necessarily going out of our way to make longer podcasts, Whoa. but at least uh, we're not going to get so worried if it goes over I give hour. up. I'll be quiet. Yeah. I, I still don't think we should have a podcast longer than two hours. So, yeah, it's not like I'm like, maybe if we can only make it two and a half hours, it'll be okay. We're not going to get any longer than the giant bomb cast. That's what uh, okay, yeah, so we're going to be back talking about uh, brain warping movies from our childhood. Is yes. that what we're doing? I think so. <laughs> Fuck it, we'll do it live. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a kind of an interesting idea for, for uh, this week's uh, uh, podcast at the last minute. Yes. So. Okay, we'll, we'll be back in a minute, though. Uh, we're back. We just, we didn't actually, we had a break, but our break was just talking about more stuff we could have just recorded for the podcast anyway. <laughs> uh, just talking we about talk movies. We talked more about Mass Effect. More Mass guys. Effect talk. <laughs> yeah, we can save that for next week. We actually think uh, next week's episode is going to be a pre-Mass Effect episode, yeah, by the way. Yeah, we'll do an anticipatory. So if you don't like Mass Effect, you're fucking screwed. I'm so sorry. <laughs> They've been screwed all along. Let's yeah. be honest. And we may take a break to play Mass Effect, so we may take a week off, or a- I might do an episode without Annie. We might... We're trying to figure that out, and then we may come back and do a Mass Effect. A post-Mass Effect. Post-Mass Effect 3 episode. It'll be three weeks in a row. It's either Mass Effect or nothing at all. <laughs> and then we'll come back and we'll probably flip out. Of like That'll be just when like Game of Thrones is coming back on air, and then we'll flip oh, out of Game of Thrones yes. or something. Dear Jesus Lord. Christ. Anyway, so uh, what are we talking about this week? Um, Bill decided that we were going to talk about um, emotionally scar- or, like movies of our youth that scarred. Yeah, you know, this came up because on a whim... Uh, I watched Time Bandits this week. Uh, I saw that Time Bandits was on Netflix and streaming, and I was like, oh man, I haven't seen that since I was 10. I fired that shit up, and like I said, I haven't seen that movie in a quarter of a century, but I like subconsciously, I remember that whole movie. It's like buried deep down in the yeah. dandruff of my skull. Yeah. And so as things happen in the movie, I'm like, oh my god, I remember, oh my god, this is the part with a fucked up Minotaur with a skull face. Oh my yeah. god, this is the part with, you know, Rob, like, oh shit. And that happens to me with every Disney movie. It was ever. like a, like, it was like yeah, it was like it was like like living a lucid dream. Yeah. But watching a movie, it was just fucking weird. Especially with it being a Terry Gilliam movie, it's extra weird. Yes. Have you ever seen Time Bandits? I've seen part. I've seen it. It's not a good movie. I think but... it's it's definitely in the genre of '80s fantasy movies that if you didn't see them when you were a kid, you will never be able. Yeah, to It's get like into the Never Ending Story. It's You're like never going to watch... talk anyone into watching the Never Ending Story. Or I tried to watch. Um, oh fuck! What was it? What was the Ridley Scott movie with unicorns and Tom Cruise? Oh, Legend! Exactly Legend. right there. What's kind of weird? We got got maybe half an hour through it before I just turned it off and walked away. <laughs> but yeah, so we're not talking about necessarily our favorite children's films or anything like that. We're just talking about shit that's kind of scarred us as kids. Not even scarred us and scared us, but like just made kind of a weird. Well, there's some things when you watch certain movies at a certain point in your life they're just part of the like the resident frequency of your nightmares ever after yeah exactly yeah well the one of the things in this in time band it's also uh evil played by david warner who is mm-hmm. a famous uh, british uh villain actor guy yeah um his cronies in the movie are these tall guys dressed in black robes 
with steer skulls for heads mm-hmm. and giant like bone hooks for arms yeah. that just go. Rah, 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 rah. They're just screeching oh, yeah, and shit like that. Those guys. Yeah. the shit out of me as a kid. And like seeing those uh, on TV, I was like, oh my god! Like this is where like when I see steer skulls in real life, I always get yeah. a little wigged out because like, ooh, that like it's just a negative connotation aside from yeah. being a skull. But like something about that. Like uh, like yeah, like horse and steer skulls always oh, kind of yeah. freak me out. It's because of those creatures specifically, and but I didn't make that connection until watching this movie just a couple days ago. But it's yeah, but that's as a result of this goddamn fucking movie. I think a Fuck big you, part, Gilliam. a big part about the like movies of that time, and the reason why I think they were so scary to us, and why you can't shake them as much. It's like I'll I'll watch movies like modern movies with little kids and they'll see something scary. I'm like, no no no, that's fake. Yeah. It's fake. It's all on a computer. It's all just digitally rendered. It's so much scarier when it's practical. Yeah. Like it's like it's Somebody actually in an actual costume. Yeah, that is a dude. Because at the end of the day, no 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 no, don't worry about it. It's just a man in a skull in a horse skull with hooks. That's, for hands. <laughs> <laughs> that's not any better. <laughs> well, why would they do that? <laughs> Again, in Time Bandits, there's another thing where uh, Sean Connery fights a Minotaur. Yeah. And the Minotaur, it's not designed to make you think that it's an, an actual guy blended with, like, like bull DNA. Yeah. It's just this giant, bulky guy with kind of, like, this stuffed bull head. Yeah. It's obviously supposed to be fake, even within the realm of the world that, uh, yeah. th- that, that the movie is taking place in. But it's just so fucking weird, and the guy's making kind of weird animal grunting yeah. sounds from within the mask. That's another thing where it's just, and it's a really simple, cheap monster effect. Yeah. And like I said, the guy's not even, not even technically playing a monster. I mean, he's yeah. the creature's supposed to be a legendary thing, but like it's supposed to be a guy in a mask, even within the Well, that's interesting because I um And I, that's freaky. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's like I saw The Immortals, which is Tarsem's Clash of the Titans movie, and he has, that's what he does with the Minotaur, too. It's I wonder if actually he was kind of halfway alluding to that. Yeah, well, I could see Tarsem being really influenced by Terry Gilliam because they're both such visual filmmakers. Yeah. Yeah. But it's because the whole thing is that with Hyperion's army, it just kind of fucked up weird yeah. um the helmet like this this the um mask that this dude is wearing is basically made out of barbed wire what? that's mo- that's like been woven to resemble a bull head and you can barely see this dude's head in it but it's like just scrunched into his flesh Ugh. and it's all this the sounds more like terrifying kind of the basic idea but it's even taken to one more fucked up level yeah and it's all the more terrifying because yeah. it's practical oh, like in in the fall the other tarsem movie there are these great like um like evil knights i mean the fall is pretty in, it's the whole point is that it's a narrative told by a child yeah. or, to, or excuse me a narrative told to a child that is then run through the lens of her understanding of it and her visualization of it so it's all pretty abstracted and not even based on reality but these bad guys in it are just wearing these like huge like leather dusters for all intents and purposes and have these molded helmets that are like molded leather that are kind of like knights helmets but totally nightmare to see that goddamn movie it's all the more terrifying for being practical yeah you know but then i can't really point any fingers because jurassic park scared the hell out of me which the whole thing yeah because I, I, for the most part, I managed to avoid scary things well, as you a were child. Ten, you were 10 when Jurassic Park came out yeah. in 1993. I, my parents wouldn't let me go see it in theaters. Because I had parents who were protective enough. They're like, no, 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 you're not going to watch well, you that. Had, you had parents who knew what the hell they were doing. So I finally got to watch Jurassic Park when it came out on VHS. And my uh... mom muted all the parts where the T-Rex. So I couldn't hear. And she's like, and she, and she, God bless her. She's like, it's not scary when when it's muted you know you can you can make your own noises and we would make our own noises and so i you know i but it still scared the shit out of me yeah, it's like a fucking dinosaur on the tv 
Yeah, you know, but it's but that wasn't practical. So there goes so my. So you theory. were scared more by the T Rex than you were like the Velociraptors. Oh, Velociraptors are scary as shit. Are you kidding? The trailer scared me. Uh, yeah. yeah, I was also scared by all that amount of brontosaurus. Excuse me, Allosaurus snot. Oh, no, no, no. I haven't seen Jurassic Park since it was in theaters, but oh yeah, don't they get sneezed on when they're hanging yeah. up in the trees or something? I was looking at Mondo posters. Did a poster for Jurassic Park, and yeah. that's what it is. It's they're up. In, one of them is up in the tree, and there's the Allosaurus. And all I can think of is she's about. It's a beautiful poster. Like snot a, is about to enter. Yeah, the there should scenario. be a hanky handle from the branches. Exactly. Um, oh, Jurassic Park. I didn't even think about how that would fuck yeah. kids up. Man, that, oh man, T Rex is the best part of that movie, though. I can so, see that being scary. As at least Jurassic Park. I've been able to go back and synthesize it, and now I can look at it for what it is and yeah. totally enjoy it. You know what really scarred the hell out of me at the time? What's that? Do you remember the Super Mario Brothers movie? Yeah. The fucking Goombas. Oh, the little mushroom head gig? Which yeah. I've never actually seen that whole thing okay. either. So here are the nightmares things about... But I've seen about, the pictures. The yeah. nightmarish thing about the, the Super Mario Brothers movie is that... And I've not seen it since it came out, so this is very much through the lens of me freaking out about it. Because yeah. I loved Mario. I'm like, I'm going to go see the Mario movie. I'm sure, like, other many other <laughs> kids my age. I was the nightmare of, like, all the, like, ultra-religious people like, you can't market this towards children. It was me. So there was a thing where, like, you could degrade into primordial ooze. What? Oh, and is so, it because it isn't like dinosaur, like King Koopa is like a dinosaur trying to reclaim the planet from the mammals yes, or something like that? I think something I've like that. i heard about the plot. The, the, so King Koopa is also <sighs> scary because he's like all reptilian and shit. And, um, uh, and then the Goombas are because they're these big dudes, like big trench coats, but they got the little heads and they're yeah. scary shit. And then like King Koopa is defeated. Are they little lizard heads? Not yeah. even mushroom heads? Yeah. Yeah. They're little, excuse me, they're not, um. Goombas. They, they I'm right, is whatever it is. No, I'm sorry, I'm getting confused. They are Koopas, right? Because Goombas are the mushroom people, right? In the games, Goombas are the mushroom guys. Who yeah. are the little minion dinosaurs? The turtles are the Koopas. Okay, so Koopas, not Koopa Koopas. Koopa Troopas, technically. Excuse me. The oh, I, Koopa thought was, I thought it was troopas. Koopas with little heads, though. In no, the movie. They're, they're Koopa Troopas. Oh. They're big, cause, and, and they got little heads. Little heads who now... I do not like this. Don Rickles is in town, and Don Rickles... <laughs> wait, is, what? Wait, there's a connection. Don Rickles... <laughs> You're talking about in the movie, not just like... No, no, no. In, the, in reality, in Portland, Don Rickles is about to go to town, and all these billboards are all over town with his face on it, and he looks like a Koopa Troopa in the Super Mario Brothers movie, and every time I... I drive by, I'm like, fuck Don Rickles, you're scaring the shit out of me here. You're giving me flashbacks. This the terrible hell? film. Yeah. So, wait, you get ooze on you and you turn into well, a no, Koopa no, no, Troopa? No, 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 no. They would degrade into primordial ooze. Like, the climax of the film is they defeat King Koopa and he turns into goo. Oh, he just melts. And somehow that scared me even more. And, well, any kind why. of weird, unnatural, like, changes like that to yeah. a person is always kind of freaky. Yeah. Especially if it's. Yeah. Just, I, I can remember nothing else in that film. Other, uh, in that film, other than Bob Hoskins with the hat and the mustache. Um, the weird ending, because it ends with um, oh, you Princess Toadstool kicking in the door and going, let's go on another adventure! And they run out, and I'm just like, even at the time, I was like, oh, sweetie. In the 80s, if you had a movie that ended with, hey, we're going to be back, <laughs> that was it. That exponentially increased <laughs> your chances of that movie never getting a sequel. It's yeah. the kiss of death right the there. The same thing with Mac and Me. Have you ever seen Mac and Me? <laughs> yes. Have I, have I freaked out about Actually, that Actually, our yet? friend Steve Wolfhard made me watch Mac and Me, and uh, the, the amazing McDonald's sequ- dance sequence. Yeah, that's the climax of the movie is wow. a dance off with like in FBI McDonald's. Uh, in McDonald's. In McDonald's. That's what it is. A huge McDonald's with like Giant trees McDonald's. and shit outside. And Ronald McDonald shows that up. That movie. He's like throwing hamburgers at kids. That movie is remarkable for two reasons. That and pushing a kid in a wheelchair off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> that is why that movie 
movie is remarkable. If you guys at home have not seen Mac and Me, just Google you it. You can pretty much look up some animated gifts that will give you everything you need from Mac yeah, and Me. Yeah, type in Mac and Me gif. Animated gif. You'll just, everything you need to know yeah. about Mac and Me will find Will your kid off a cliff. McDonald's dance battle. That's all you need. That's all you need. Um, oh God, like yeah. Well, Dylan was pointing out like she was always freaked out in movies, like as a kid when someone would get like turned into something or freaked out or turned to stone or something like that. My mom, the two, my mom's two scariest things from she um, when she was a little girl, she was scared to death of the Wizard of Oz, obviously for the flying monkeys, and again practical, way scarier because it's a dude. It fucked up. And uh, then, and the Wicked Witch. She actually was more scared by the Wicked Witch melting. Oh, really? Yeah, because she thought that was terrifying. Just the idea of melting. Yeah. Was something, something so simple coming into contact with water? Yeah, it's something that's and everywhere. Melting. Yeah. No wonder she was a bitch. <laughs> that's right. I'd be cranky too. <laughs> oh man. Ah. Oh! <laughs> Fuck movies. Yeah. What else? The movie that starred me the most as a kid was actually, um, there too, but the earliest that I can remember is Gremlins, actually. I never, to this day, have seen Gremlins at all, but You're in, missing out, yeah. In, in, uh, daycare, I think it was daycare, or, or you like were, care or something. Gremlins came out in 1984. You were born oh. in 1983. I was born in 84 then, so it was actually, it was totally- I was born in 83. No, I'm 84, baby. Oh! Okay. Dylan's an 83 baby. Oh, okay. Or, no, yes. I think she's 83. Yeah, anyway. I, I, mo- uh, yeah, most everyone I know is born in 83, so I assume. Oh, yeah, I'm an 84 baby. Okay. No, so, um, uh, then it must have been, it was a daycare. There was a, um, like, a little board book of Gremlins. I didn't even see the movie. And the way they were drawn, like, just that design, scared the shit out of me. Gremlins are scary because they are little pissed off lizard men. Oh, they still kind of creep me out. I remember going to the WB store back when that existed. And oh, one yeah, of the, yeah. One, of, one of the things about the WB stores, they would have quote-unquote movie props that were actually just fabricated. They weren't actually movie props. And every once in a while, you'd find a WB store that had a gremlin in it. And I'd always, like, I knew whenever I'd go to one, I'd never again would I go because I'm just like, nope, fuck it. I'm not even looking at one. They still freak me out to this day as did, an adult. Did you like the Mogwais? Those are little fuzzy things that the gremlins start off as before they eat uh, after midnight and turn into gremlins. Boops, keep beeping. I know, I'm sorry. No, it's My fun. friend is as having a baby. I'm on alert mode. Oh, she okay? Yeah, she's okay. She's home for the first time. Oh, okay. Very good. Anyway, um, uh, the, um, yeah, gremlins, man. I still, I like, I'm an adult. I'm 20 years old. Do you want to see the movie sometime? No! Just to... No, oh, it's got Phoebe. Cates. I am not that Phoebe person. Cates. She's another one of your clan where it's brown eyed. Oh my gosh, she got pretty eyes. She got hair. She gets she didn't, didn't get topless in this movie. But then she talks about her dad died in a fireplace. I'm never watching Gremlins. It's got Billy Peltzer. It's it's about it's the main hero. Do you have you know? Do you know what Gremlins about? Do, okay, so aren't they okay? Let me see. Oh, this, this, this is my understanding yes. of Gremlins from <laughs> Tell the Tell me what Gremlins is about. Gremlins are about it's about these. Dolls that if you have them, <laughs> does it also have something to do? So they're cute, right? And then if you have them, so think about midnight or water, and yeah, it's your you're evil. wrong. Yeah, that's all I know. That's okay, what I that's, you, that's it. You know the plot of Gremlins. <laughs> There's dolls that turn evil after midnight and they touch water. <laughs> Wait, after midnight and like, they touched water? No, okay, so Gremlins. <laughs> <laughs> Do we need to explain what Gremlins is? 
No, uh, they are little monsters. Yeah. Uh, they start out as little things called mogwai. No wonder when I said mogwai, you looked at me like I See, was See, I thought like my mogwai like in um, Fallout. What the hell is a mogwai? The mogwai are the big bear mutant mutants. Oh, okay, creatures. that's right. I forget because like there's also a band called mogwai. mogwai and stuff. Yeah. Um, no, the mogwais in Gremlins. The uh, the Gremlins start off as these little mogwai guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're little like little furry like almost like little manchichi creatures, mm-hmm. and they start off really cute. But those guys, they will uh, if you get them wet. That's when the water stuff uh, uh, shows up. Is if you get them wet, they'll multiply. Like mm-hmm. whatever little drops of water they get on them will turn into a new gremlin. Like little pop off new little balls of fluff. Oh man, now I'm remembering this. Oh god. Yeah, it's re- that's actually a fucked up bit from Gremlins uh, too. Because uh, they accidentally spill uh, uh, ink water on the main gremlin Gizmo, and he starts screaming because like his back starts like filling up the warts that pop off and turn into gremlins, but or turn into mogwais by themselves. Oh. And that's fucked up, because he's all screaming. He's this cute little Jesus creature Christ. that starts screaming and his back smoking. Wait, when did Gremlins 2 come out? Like, 1987 Maybe that was the book that I saw then. Yeah, it could have been. Be, that would have been... But it's the... still the same rules apply. Uh, and, uh, uh, so, and, the, and the eating after midnight happens. Uh, that's a rule that if the mogwais eat anything after midnight, they turn into the gremlins. Uh. And just talking about this is freaking me out. And yeah, yeah. And well they turn into gremlins is that they like form these cocoons around themselves. Oh and God, then they become like flashbacks. eggs within the cocoons. Uh, and see, they hatch. I remember this fucking book. It's gruesome. Oh, it's, it's gruesome. Gross. No, Gremlin, you're you you have you're totally justified being freaked out by gremlins. I remember this explains why I never liked the movie Cocoon. Yeah. Because I never I was always There's worried no about cocoons. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! There's cocoons at the bottom, like there's yeah. alien cocoons at the bottom of the swimming pool. And I think it's I can't kind of... believe we're having this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't see weird associations with me. And that's oh, why. Because you know, I think about gremlins. It's like light being yeah, aliens. Exactly. So it's not even anything. It's not scary or bad, but it has association. I never could fit- make the connection. We're really making some breakthroughs today here. Yeah. <laughs> Psychotherapy. This also explains why I was kids. so freaked out in the Matrix when he wakes up. I have a weird, th- terrifying thing. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, because I had a total panic attack and um, a nervous breakdown. It had to be carried out of theater. Oh, the, oh, the Matrix. You were talking about it because, like, yeah, also well, you pulls out the tube. Pain. Yeah, it was a sympathy pain thing when I was already on edge. Any no, kind of birthing why. thing for you? Yeah. Well, no. I've now I know that's not it. <laughs> it's it's genuinely the cocoon thing. That's oh. weird. Thanks, Gremlins. Thanks, board book that was at Kinder Care in 1977. We should have had this podcast ages ago. (laughs) Psychological cleansing is going on right here. Oh my god. What's your other movie? My big one. The first thing, when you hadn't even finished the sentence, you're like, oh, movies are scared. I'm like, Return to Oz. Return to Oz. Oh, which I watched a little bit of. Was it the Wheelers? Yeah, well, they're part of it. The wheel as soon as you're like, oh no, well, dudes with skulls about, and yeah. bone th- and the fucking the, wheelers. Yeah, it's a similar thing. Yeah, the wheelers are terrifying because well, the thing- wheelers. This is the thing. Like, what are the wheelers gonna do to you? They're gonna roll on top of you. All Even they when do they is catch laugh. Up, when, when, yeah, you know, I was I, when you mentioned this uh, over email last night. I yeah. pulled up uh, some Return to Oz clips, which oh. most of the clips on YouTube are of the wheelers because that's the thing everyone remembers. Yeah, and it's funny because even when they corner uh, Dorothy and the TikTok man, yeah, all they do, yeah, they all they kind of like roll around that them laugh and laugh and that squeak. All they do is laugh oh. and squeak though. That's the thing. It's not even that they're physically oh. threatening. It's just they're they're assholes. They're the they're the perfect uh, movie manifestation of well, of asshole trolls. They're the ones starting hamburger helper. <laughs> <laughs> ah! 
I know. Like, the thing about them, it's, it's always, the thing to me as a kid, what was scary to me, like, with the gremlins, what are the gremlins going to do to me? Like, it's really well, not, they're going to eat the shit out of you. <laughs> well, the thing, it's like more like the menace of, menace of what can happen. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are the wheelers going to do to me? I don't know, but it's not going to be pleasant. Yeah. You know, it's like Well, that. the characters are scared of them, that's all you need yeah. to know, is that they're bad juju. And the, yeah. the fucking wheelers are terrible. Like, the way they're designed is, I remember them, they're kind of like nightmarish bellboys yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, I know, they got little sport And coats. like, kind like, of weird, like, like, like faces kind of like silent film actors yeah like... they're super pasty white oh, and yeah no man. they're dressed like bellboys except they have kind of ornate wheels for hands oh and wheels. god it's terrifying like i'm still it gives me the wheels well, also it doesn't help it. that everyone in oz has been turned to stone that, in that whole movie. movie is scary and like, mom being that, a witch with a removable like, head and talking about things that are unnatural being scary it always scared the death out of me when they make the the they they cobble together there's part of the movie where they have to escape out of this locked room so they take oh, all the furniture and then yeah they take like the the moose head yeah. they bring it to life and it flies away and that always scared the shit out of me I'm because like, that what's is not... the rules like what's happening there like what yeah it's yeah. nightmarish it's like how it's does define that... the laws of nature as you know them and well, it's just like yeah. well, well, how does it stay alive forever exactly. does it stay dead was it conscious when it was like, yes. not ahead? like there's, it's there's, there's so many rules about like life <laughs> And and being dead or being not dead, way that, like, more than I can handle at that age. Like seriously, and yeah. like later it comes because you're not. Yeah, and you're not even talking about how like Dorothy gets electrocuted at the beginning or the electric. That was therapy. the mild you're part. You're just talking about the other stuff. Like well, that the was fantasy world building too. is freaky. Because I vaguely remember like watching it with my mom. My mom had a rule where like if she was dumb enough to like not like if she presented something to me and she told me that we could watch it. We'd watch it. Yeah. That was how it was. Very cool. And, like, because she's like, I made a mistake, but you, I told you I could watch it. You could watch she it. She called down the thunder. Now this you got it. This is why she showed me Blues Brothers when I was 12 years old. Because she remembered Blues Brothers being hilarious. <laughs> was she down with you watching all these uh, hilarious Nazis chasing the Blues Brothers? <laughs> well, no, it's, the best part is that my, the part of the, when my mother was telling me, no, 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 you girls are going to love the Blues Brothers, and I'm like 13, and my sister's like 10, maybe even younger than that. <laughs> That's crazy. My your mother mom's remembered. Nuts. My I mother love your remembered mom. the scene with the penguin. That was part of it. What happens with the penguin? The penguin. See, this is what my mom remembered. Like, they're talking to the penguin, and she. It's really funny because she smacks them and they fall down the stairs. It's really funny. This is what my mother said to me. We watched the Lewis Brothers. The whole point of the scene with the penguin is that she smacks them every time they swear. So, like, she smacks Elroy and goes, fuck! And, like, and, and, like, and they just try to smack him. It's been a long time since I've seen. I remember the Nazis and stuff. And my mother, my I mother is just Brown. like, my mom's like, you know what, girls? I told you you could watch it. <laughs> I could. And she, I she, brought it on me. Only my mother could remember oh. the Blues Brothers, but not remember any of the exploits <laughs> at all. But anyway, no, so we watched Return to Oz. Yeah, it opens, and, you know, I was, I was like, oh, Wizard of Oz. You know, that's no problem. I love Wizard of Oz. So it's one of my favorite movies. And, and it's like, yeah, it's like a sequel. And it opens with, 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 with Dorothy receiving electroshop therapy. Really, this is a movie that could be coming out now with all the dark fantasy bullshit. Yeah. Dorothy is receiving electroshop therapy Fuck for Tim all of Burton. her talk. This is the real shit, yeah. All of her talk with Oz. Because it's, you know, it, Sucker Punch totally took a page from this a mm-hmm. lot. Yeah. And so, it, and there's a terrible, like, um, the, she and another girl escape from the uh, the insane asylum and there's a terrible flood and the other girl dies in the flood. I don't remember that. She does. This is how the movie opens. But and and when Fuck. she goes to Oz she, this girl who dies is oh, princess. It's, an, it's Ozma, right? It's, she's Ozma. Yeah. That's, that's cool, but weird. And so her what? friend dies and so, but it's okay because she's Ozma so it's fine. No big deal. Man. It's funny because all that stuff is actually taken from the books too. Oh yeah. I mean, it's not like they were inventing shit for that movie. <laughs> Fucking. At the Wizard of the original Wizard of Oz is really just like 
cut out. It's like, this shit is too weird. We'll have monkeys. The guy who made that is this guy named Walter Murch, who he was a big sound effects guy and, and, oh, and really? sound mixing engineer for like Francis yeah. Ford Coppola and, and uh, George Lucas. And, yeah. and uh, he was a big editor. He never really made that much in the way of movies for himself, but Return to Oz was his first time up to bat, like making his own movie. And uh, he, I think he couldn't get funding, so he had to uh, get George Lucas and Francis Ford Coppola to kind of pitch in money to get this movie made. And that's the one... I think he's made movies since then, but that that's a weird first statement for yeah. a, your first film to be that. Like, let's do a sequel to Wizard of Oz, but make it fucked up. Like, even... I can't remember his name, but there's the Scarecrow dude. Yeah, Jack uh, Jack Pumpkinhead. Yeah, Jack Pumpkinhead. Which I, I liked him as a character. He was awesome. He scared the shit out of me, too. Even yeah. he was kind of nice. Well, he's got, like, a scully pumpkin face. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, every aspect of that film... Even TikTok, to some degree, scared the crap out of me. And when the, the, the Stone King, or whatever his name is, he's, like, the mountain, and it's all claymation, and he's talking, and he eats the... Like, he's eating chickens. It's fucking scared. It's, it's making me freaked out to think about it now. Thanks, Bill. Well, that's also the thing everyone gets turned into... And, and, like, the whole end of the movie is everyone gets, like... Oh, like, aren't they trying to rescue somebody who's been claimed by... Are they trying to get Ozma or something Because like Ozma is the evil queen is going to take her head and yeah. have it be one of her rotating heads. Oh, that's what it is. And the, that was her, she'd take her head off and swap it out for other heads. And she had a whole And Dorothy hall walks down the hall with all the heads. Look at her. It's her calling for help. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, this movie. Man, it's the shit. We gotta Every watch that. single part of Return to Oz is terrifying. <laughs> a couple of, I never, oh I don't watch, God. I do not like, I'm not, I, I, I love, like, I do not like being scared. I don't. I grew up in enough ghost towns and, like, shit. I had, like, authority figures, like my priest saying, oh, yeah, no, this church is haunted. I've seen the priest a couple of times. The yeah. dead priest died on fire. This shit scares the shit out of me. I'm gullible as hell. I don't need to do that in my escapism. I do not like to be scared. So a couple of years ago, a friend of mine was like, oh, let's have a Halloween, let's watch scary movies. Like, Return to Oz. That's mine. I got laughed out of the room. Like, fuck you guys, all of you. Have these people the not seen Return to Oz? No. Okay, they had that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's like fucking Return you guys to don't Oz. Even know what friend. I'm bringing to this? Yeah. God damn. Return to Oz, man. Yeah, I do want to watch because it's been a long time since I've seen that. And I like the books that is. I think it's actually a hodgepodge of several different Oz books. Yeah. I've read a lot of the Oz books. None of them make sense. I think they kind of took bits and pieces. Because, like, the Gump and Ozma. Well, Ozma is, of course, a major character yeah. in the Oz books. But, you know, one thing I did like about that movie is, instead of just being a direct sequel to the original Wizard of Oz, yeah. it's more just a retelling of stuff from the books. Because they oh, didn't yeah. try to make, like, the Tin Man is an actual, like, Tin Man puppet. The yeah. line is an actual, it's not a real line in the movie, but it's yeah. it's not just, like, a guy in a suit. I always kind of like that aspect. I thought it was and interesting. I, like, that was the first time I'd ever seen that. Yeah. Where there was something, like, with this other source material I was very familiar with, and, like, Fuck it, that doesn't exist. Yeah. And I like they embrace the kind of like the 1910s, mm-hmm. that that early Americana like design, yeah. like all the labels. Even when you go to Oz, like the, the label on the Powder of Life is like something you'd find in like 1912, yeah. which is very cool. That like uh, uh, the original version of Oz was all Depression era stuff because yeah. that's what was going on then. Yeah. But oh man, fuck. Oh, I kind of want to watch Return to Oz again. If you but don't want to watch don't. it, though, I'll st- I can understand if you don't want to watch it, but if I don't you know ever if did... I can. I'm never watching Gremlins. That's never going to happen. Gremlins is pretty hilarious. <laughs> I'm never going to watch Gremlins. I'm never going to watch Gremlins. The good guys win. The Gremlins don't, don't... Man, Gremlins fuck people up. You get to see Gremlins put in a microwave, into a blender. I'm never watching Gre- Gremlins. Gremlins die in that movie hilariously. I'm never watching Gremlins. Oh, man. Never watching Gremlins. Oh, the Gremlins do attack someone's mom. Like, yeah. a mom gets attacked and fucked up in that movie. Oh. So if you're like, 
if you were a kid, like, I'm glad you didn't watch that because, like, the mom's super cool and it's the mom of the protagonist. And you think, you know, she's not going to get hurt. She gets fucked up. She doesn't get killed. But it's fucked up. May as well be dead. Yeah! What's on your list, Bill? What else Fuck! do you got? <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about, but I almost <laughs> fucked up and returned to Oz and... I didn't know I cared that much about Gremlins. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, so this whole thing started off with me uh, watching Time Bandits, which is the movie that uh, teach me that midgets are awesome <laughs> and that God is a jerk. So yeah, you've never seen Time Bandits. I've seen it and I didn't really... I, I watched it when I was going... I had ju- seen Brazil. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, Terry Gilliam, I gotta learn more about this guy. And then I learned that Brazil is one of his most coherent films. Yeah, it's one of the few films he's ever made with a plot. And even <laughs> then, that plot is kind of just, here's a guy walking yeah. around this Ministry of Information that's fucked up. I think my problem was that I watched a lot of Terry Gilliam films, like, at the same time, pretty much. Yeah. Like, on top of each other. So they're all one amorphous blur. The only ones that stand out are Brazil, because I watched it first, and um, 12 Monkeys, because that's pretty distinct. Yeah. That's but, the only uh, one I can remember, really. Yeah, Time Bandits is kind of like uh, Baron Munchausen. I know John Cleese is Robin Hood. Things. I know that. And he's like, it's great because uh, Robin Hood's band, they're all grungy, like, yeah. guys you would expect from the Middle Ages, being, yeah. oh, you know, two teeth missing. Yeah. But he, Robin Hood, John Cleese is Robin Hood. He's all the Errol Flynn, where it's like <laughs> yeah. super white, pristine outfit, like, you know, with a bright green, a little feather yeah. on his hat. Yeah. And he's like, oh, hello, men. Yes, yes, gold. We have to give gold to the poor. And his men are all grudgy. It's just hilarious that they combine, like, Errol Flynn, yeah. Robin Hood with, like, realistic, quote-unquote, merry men who all just, whole just hate everybody. But, yeah, no, Time Bandits, um, I guess I already talked about what kind of freaked me out about Time Bandits. But, yeah. Oh, no, and the, ba- the ending of Time Bandits is fucked up because it pulls this thing where, at the end of the movie, you think it's all a dream. Because you find out that the kid, he wakes up in bed at the end of the movie. And you think, oh, it's all just a dream. Yeah. And oh, I remember this. the end of the yeah. movie is uh, they fight David Warner, who is evil. Literally, that's his character, is yeah. just evil. And evil gets blown up. and a, But a piece of evil ends up in the toaster oven of the house where the main character lives. Okay. Burns down the kid's house. Seriously? And as everyone's going through the wreckage of this house being burned down... His parents find the toaster oven, and they open it up, and there's, like, a chunk of evil in there. They don't know what it is, but they're like, what's this? And the kid's like, oh, my God, that's evil! Don't touch it! And the parents, because they're idiots, first thing they do is just touch it, and then they explode. Seriously? that's the end of the movie. (laughs) This kid is left homeless. His parents have just exploded. And that's the end of the movie. I love Terry Gilliam. I'm watching as a kid going, What? even if they win at the end they may not get out a, like okay yeah that like you could win but you like you'll have to pay a fucked up price like yeah. the, the, the price for going on an adventure could be like like your life was never the same again yeah and like that's kind of i got to introduce that concept with time bandits like and i just realized that with like watching this movie again just was sweet that's a fucked up movie <laughs> even aside from like the skeleton faced uh demons and shit like that mm. um there's a movie called crawl I've never actually seen Krull. All you I know about Krull to. is I read an article online that was kind of fascinating about Krull weddings. Oh, yeah. Or as advertising for the film, they had, you could have a Krull wedding. <laughs> but Krull hadn't come out yet, so no one knew what this meant. <laughs> they just knew they could have a sci-fi wedding they put on by like, whatever studio wedding. made Krull. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember. Krull is some kind of like mixture of like science fiction fantasy thing about yeah. this guy on this alien planet who finds this thing called the Glaive. 
which is just essentially like a frisbee with like little claws in it that he throws yeah. at people. That's all. I, I haven't seen this movie again since I it's was. It's not even a, a glove kid. blade. It's a glaive, which it should be if it's a glaive. It's, I know it sounds like a glaive, <laughs> swinging. <laughs> yes, it sounds like Conan O'Brien's nerd voice. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but the the only thing uh, that movie scarred me as a kid because there's a. Uh, Cyclops that the main hero uh, becomes friends with mm -hmm. and at the end of the movie it's all these guys getting together to raid this castle to p rescue princess in order to get into the castle they have to go through this door that is about to close and so the Cyclops gets stuck in the door and he gets crushed to death seriously yeah and that just because you see him he's like he's squished like it's a slow painful squish too it's not just oh. like like he just gets squished and everyone turns around and goes oh my god what happened to him he got turned into juice it's like, ah, oh, you go! Don't protect yourselves! I'll keep this door closed! I don't know. I can't, I haven't seen it back in the day, but that's how I remember it. He gets squished. That scarred me. Uh, this is not scary, but Battle Beyond the Stars. Really? Have you ever seen Battle Beyond no, the Stars? I know of it, but how What's you, really how about? Well, no, I'm just like, what was your reaction to Battle Beyond the Stars? Uh, this, is, this made an impact because there's a titty shit. <laughs> Battle Beyond the Stars is a movie <laughs> where the special effects were done by James Cameron, the oh, guy who made Titanic and Aliens and yeah. Avatar. Yeah. Uh, it was a Roger Corman movie, which is a science fiction remake of uh, The Magnificent Seven slash Seven yeah. Samurai. It takes place in space. But for some reason, the heroes fly around in a giant spaceship shaped like a naked woman's torso. Seriously? Like, the engines are in her ass. There's no arms and legs. Right now. Oh, yeah, but, like, <laughs> but the laser cannons are her tits. You'll see, it's, she's got no head, no arms, no legs, but it's just a giant pair of tits, and the laser cannons just shoot, uh, uh, nipples, uh, shoot out of the, uh, no, wait, yeah, it would be even better if nipples shot out of the laser cannons. Uh, yeah, uh. No, see, what I'd like. nipples are laser cannons. See, I would like it even better if, like, preparing for battle, like, the cannon, like, the barrels extending would be, like, the nipples there might becoming be something hard. like that. I can't remember, I haven't seen it since back in the day, but, like, just thinking about, like, early 80s movies that, like, psychologically scarred me. It was always like... And that's why you're afraid of titties. Uh, that's why... Oh, yeah. Whenever I see a lady's titties, I'm afraid my eyes are going to get uh, blasted out of my head. <laughs> oh, my God. But that was just a weird... As a kid, I don't understand what that was. Like, I, don't, I didn't know why you would do that. Because, like, the fact that she's... It's a woman-shaped spaceship does not, like, figure into the plot at all. I don't know if anyone even comments on it. Maybe that's what the creators of Mass Effect 2 were reading when they got <laughs> to the Reaper at the end. Maybe the Reapers saw Battle Beyond the Stars. They're like, oh! Man, we'll talk about that next <laughs> week. Holy shit. Um, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Again, a movie that did not necessarily psychologically scar me in a negative way, but just really impacted just... I always loved the production design in that mm -hmm. movie and everything. Yeah. Uh, so much of uh, the Peter Pan comic that I was writing, drawing for a while, uh, the design and kind of like uh, aesthetics of that were uh, taken from Mad Max Beyond the Thunderdome. The fact that like it's all recycled. Okay, this looks like a basset hound with titty mouth. Let me see. That's what this looks like to me. What? That's what oh, no, we get the one. This is the front of the ship. But yeah, no, you see there's tits. And there's the rest of the ship. It's like a woman's belly and her, and her ass. And that's where the engines are. That's weird. Yeah, that is the front of the ship as it's flying towards you. It's tits. Um, man, the incredible shrinking woman. Have you ever heard about this? Um, no. Incredible, I'm just going to say no and say it's supposed to be. Incredible Shrinking Woman is a comedy from the late 70s, or slash early 80s, starring Lily Tomlin. Yeah. About this lady who, I think her husband works for some kind of uh, science lab that makes consumer products. Yeah. And uh, so he's always bringing home consumer products, 
And uh, it turns out, like, a right mix of, like, some of the stuff he's brought home ends up making her shrink for some reason. Okay. And it gets freaky because she gets shrunk down to sub-microscopic size, and everyone just assumes that she's dead. And she gets turned into something like the size of a mitochondria, and she just blows away. Seriously? But then it turns out that, like... They, they actually bury her mitochondrial body in, like, a cigar box. What? It's really weird. It's just the fact that, like, that seems like a horrifying death because they, they can't even confirm that she's dead, but she's just so small that she's practically dead to anybody anyway. That just seemed <laughs> always cares? horrifying to me as yeah. Uh But there's a part she starts growing back up and she starts becoming the incredible giant woman. But before that, there's a scene where she escapes from a lab uh, with a giant ape. She's, she 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 starts growing up big again, and or is she still shrinking? I can't remember which. But she's only the size of a doll in this uh, science lab, and uh, one of the apes that they're experimenting on breaks out, and so it's just like gorilla rampaging through a supermarket with a little doll-sized Lily Tomlin hanging from his neck, and that <laughs> cracked me up as a kid. I always thought that was so weird, but hilarious. I'm just saying. You still looking up uh, titty ship? No, I'm... We can look at YouTube videos. No, I'm done. That's enough of titty shit for me. Thank you. I'll take yeah? your word for it. I'll draw you some fan art. As an ass for an ass of a ship. Yeah! It's not a bad idea. It's better designed than the Millennium Falcon, for sure. <laughs> look, the pizza with the slice taken out of it is a brilliant design. A hamburger with Leia. <laughs> oh, man. Have you ever seen Empire of the Sun? Steven no, Spielberg because movie? I know that as an adult it would scar me. Why? Well, isn't it about... um? Oh, no, I'm confusing it with something else. With a good movie? <laughs> Don't you love... I know that... I love has, Empire of the Sun. Gonna be it's like not you. A, it has Batman in it, right? It's got Batman. It's about... See, if I were to be honest to myself, I would say to you, it has Newsies in it, right? It got Newsies. It got... <laughs> uh, Empire of the Sun is about Newsies slash Batman <laughs> learning about the frustrations of war from being John Malkovich. <laughs> Played by being John Malkovich, <laughs> whose best friend is the Matrix. I like you calling him being John Malkovich because that's his name. That's the movie he was in. What else? Oh, sorry. What what other movies John Malkovich been in that anyone gives a shit about? Oh man. Uh, no, Empire of the Sun is this weird movie based off of some writer guy, J.G. Ballard. I've never read his books. I know people love his shit, though. His name is very familiar. Yeah, he, he's written a lot of... Has he written science fiction, too? I think he has. Um, J.G. Ballard, it's an autobiographical account of his... He's a British author, and I guess he was a British kid living in Shanghai when uh, the Japanese took over, like, took over Shanghai right after uh, the Battle of Pearl Harbor. Mm-hmm. And so the movie is about... Uh, a British kid, which is essentially J.G. Ballard, played by Batman. What's wait, what's the actor's name now? Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Christian Bale. <laughs> when Christian Bale was 10, uh, you know, it's like a 12-year-old Christian Bale being sent to this Japanese internment camp. And uh, it's about him just surviving. And this is kind of interesting because it's the first Spielberg movie that was about the loss of innocence rather than mm-hmm. adult, like, rediscovering his own innocence within his own heart. Mm-hmm. And it's fucked up. Um, the end of the movie, the climax of the movie is... Uh, Christian Bale, he bef- he becomes friends with Miranda Richardson. Okay. And, uh, she ends up getting sick and dying, and he, everyone ends up abandoning Christian Bale and Miranda Richardson. And he gets, she, yeah, she gets sick, and they're all alone, and she's dying in the middle of this giant, uh, abandoned Chinese stadium filled with all the loot the Japanese had stolen from Shanghai and left to store in this open-air stadium. Huh. Just a weird image. 
of this little kid left alone with this dying woman. And the woman dies, and he starts trying to perform CPR to bring her back to life. Because what the fuck else is he going to yeah. do? And he, it's this woman. It's his friend. He, he's trying to bring her back. And uh, he he hasn't eaten or anything like that in a week. And he's fucked up, and he's hallucinating. And he's in the middle of giving this lady CPR. And she's obviously dead. Like, blood yeah. is rolling up out of her mouth. She's Ugh. gone. But then he's in the middle of giving CPR, and suddenly there's this bright flash of light on the horizon. And he thinks, holy shit, that's her soul going to heaven. So at least if she's dying, like, it's her soul ascending. And he's super happy. And then he finds out later it's actually uh, uh, the atomic bomb being dropped on Japan. That that was the light he saw. And that's just the end of the movie. After that, he's just like, <laughs> fuck, man. <laughs> Life sucks. You know, I think you think a soul ascending to heaven is actually a terrifying thing that kills hundreds of thousands yeah! of people. I would give up, too. <laughs> and uh, I remember the thing, like, like, that scene coming from a Spielberg, but when I saw that, because I saw that in the theaters as a kid, and, like, my only experience with Spielberg movies were like Close Encounters and E.T. and yeah. Raiders and Raiders Lost Dark and all that yeah. stuff. And like, this is a, some heavy shit to be dropping on for Spielberg to be dropping on a twelve-year-old kid seeing yeah. that movie in nineteen eighty-seven when that shit came out. I was now, like, every what time the fuck? we talk about this movie all the time, and always at the breath, you're like, and by the sun, I love that movie. You would hate it. <laughs> yeah, because it's just there's not really much of a plot other than yeah, war sucks. We should understand our Japanese brothers. Racism is bad. John Malkovich is a dick. That's all you learn. Also, our Hershey's chocolate bars are the shit. That's the other thing you learn in that movie. You learn that a lot in a lot of um, wartime movies. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. After the nuclear bomb goes off, he goes back to the camp, internment camp that he was trying to run away from, and uh, the camp has been liberated, and so the Americans are dropping pallet drops onto the camp, uh, you know, to give everyone food, and, like, the first one he opens, it's, it's nothing but carnation condensed milk and chocolate bars yeah so he's just eating all the chocolate bars and stuff like that yeah. um last thing uh this is kind of stupid et uh speaking of Sp- yeah. steven spielberg this is not even a huge thing oh man et scared the hell out of me too let's see if what it was E.T.'s, for you no what, what was it for you um the mine's actually, super simple it's not even an actual big scene or anything mine is actually the way um don't like when the government jumps jumps down in their house don't they like seal it in like a plastic bubble or something like yeah, that? yeah they show up and like you don't see the faces anybody it's yeah. really fu- it's like aliens attacking the house but yeah. it's people it's the fbi and just like everything becoming like clinically detached and and monitored like that, and it, they turn into a hospital. Scary as shit. Yeah, that scared the hell out of me. That's Couldn't eat it. Reese's Pieces for weeks. <laughs> um, the part of that movie that scared me was actually at the beginning. There's this John Williams music cue. I think this may be the moment that really got me into movie music. There's a movie a moment in the beginning of the movie where E.T. You know, the movie starts with E.T. and his little E.T. Uh, family, whatever the fuck, mm-hmm. exploring the forest before he gets left behind. And there's this great part where he's just wandering through the forest and it's before he's being chased or he's being left behind or anything like that. He's just exploring. And it's all the giant redwoods of wherever in California they're supposed to be. Sure. I think it's actually supposed to be Arizona, but it's filmed in California. Uh, but like, there's a great swelling bit of music where it's just him alone with all these giant trees. And it's a great, just the, the feel of the music. You really get this feeling of him being this little alien creature alone on an alien planet. Yeah. Despite the fact that it's a rubber puppet running around like the redwoods yeah. Of, like, right outside of, like, Marin County, San Francisco, or uh, Marin County, California. And it's just so sad! It's just making beautiful yeah. music, and I'm like, oh, he's so alone! Whatever that creature is! That fucked me up. I started crying there in the theater before anything had happened Little in the Billy. movie. Oh. And then the rest of the movie, I was total. I was seven years old when E.T. came out. That movie fucked me up just because all the ups and downs of, you know, yeah. E.T. dying and stuff like that. But that right there, it was like literally three minutes into the movie. It was a movie. It was a music cue that fucked me up because it made me 
realize how sad and low E.T. was. <laughs> Poor E.T. When I think of John Williams, I think about that shit. I'll have to, that might have to be some of the music on this week's episode. I'll have to play that super sad E.T. music. Oh, uh, uh, but yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else, but I don't know. Return to Oz. Like, really, that's really the start and end of my list. Though, in hindsight, Gremlins has more thoroughly scarred me than even I do. Gremlins sounds jacked up. Um, but yeah, Return to Oz. Like, I can't, I can't, if, I can't state how much that movie fucked me up. Which is only fair since Wizard of Oz fucked up my mom. Oh, really? What? It's flying generational. Monkeys? Oh, yeah, because yeah, flying yeah. monkeys and melting and all that shit. Um, you're you're obligated to have a kid soon because Robert Downey Jr. is making a new Wizard of Oz movie. Isn't it like Sam Raimi? Is it? Yeah, I think he's directing and yeah. Robert Downey Jr. is going to play the... Is he still, or did he get out? Something. I don't know. I don't know why they're making that movie. Because we're going through the dark fantasy thing right unless, now, my friends. Unless you... If someone were to actually make a direct sequel to the original Wizard of Oz to, like, make it look like that movie, the same, like... If, if the Oz in that movie were the same Oz in the 1939 Wizard of Oz... That'd be amazing with like the same music you use and stuff. That'd be crazy if you if you intentionally tried to do a retro thing. If you had the right people and like the right people writing the music, that could at least be an interesting failure. Or is this gonna be yeah? This is gonna be like Twilight for uh, people who like the Wizard of Oz. It's that's Hollywood right now, man. Glinda and the witch are gonna be all like scissoring in the middle of like the oh poppy God. meadows and shit. So we should take a moment here. Bill is Bill whenever he talks about lesbianism immediately goes to scissoring. Tribalism. I'm pretty sure tribalism is the extent of what Bill thinks lesbian what sex is. That sounds like a fun time. If you have two vaginas and they like being rubbed, then you rub them together. <laughs> yeah, you just have to get in position uh, in a kind of weird way so the other person isn't sitting on the other leg. Just, weren't they anyway. sisters? Isn't that the point of the wicked books in the musical is that they were best buddies? In which scissoring? Is, no, you're not that far. <laughs> That's later. Hey, have you read those books? No. Oh, okay. I know everyone loves them. I don't read. That tells you why the Wicked Witch is so sad, other than the fact that she was allergic to water. My mom actually bought it for me. This is my mom. I love my mother. Your mom's never listened. Aw. My mother gave me the book, and she was like, "You, sh- I want you to read it. And that was what she said. And I was like, did you like she it? And she it? goes, I want to be able to talk to you about it. Oh. So I should read it because <laughs> my mom clearly she's like I didn't think it was mm, I want to talk to you about it that was two years ago I'm an awful dog isn't like three more books in that series came yeah. out yeah if I were that dude I would have written three more books too I'm just no, saying I made a small fortune there well what I can't that that's part of the things about psychologically scarring films is it's sometimes you don't realize how scarred you've been by them until you see them again just like the Time Bandits thing I totally forgot Time Bandits existed until I saw it was on Netflix I so it's hard forget. to drudge, drudge up a list of this stuff. I always forget how much Willow scared me until oh, I watched Willow which part um, it was actually a lot of it was the dogs, like the boar dogs that are actually, or should be the, 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 the I can't remember what they are. What they are is they're actually dogs in like suits that are kind of like, like boar kind oh, of like Oh, they can just kind of like make up, made up to look like it. Yeah. yeah. And they're, I think, I can think in the, in the, in like in the universe, they're like some sort of hunting boar thing. I don't know. It scared the shit out of me. My mom loved Willow. My mom, because my mom was a big Lucas person. Yeah. So she loved Willow. She loved Star Wars and stuff. And, and like, she loved Willow. And I always forget that it scared me. Because I, I watched it when I was a kid and then I watched it recently. Willow's got like dragons. Well, that's another thing where it's a Steven Spielberg. The brownies scared you? A little bit. (laughs) Why? Just Just because they're so small. I don't know. I was yelling right Well, the Willow came out when you were like four, so whatever. <laughs> the Willow? <laughs> Fuck you. No, I like all the shit threatening 
the baby? And like that baby, well, it's that a fucking baby. baby. Yeah, anything it's that's a baby. Stuff. What's so, it gonna like, do? So like the main like queen. Well, who's the villain in, in Willow? Isn't oh, a, a doesn't witch she? Like doesn't weird shit happen to her too? Doesn't she melt or something? I mean, Everyone's so casually like, not. Oh, isn't it, it the like? Oh, I know from a special effects point of view, Willow's a big thing because the good witch she turns from like a chicken to a duck, to like a brick, <laughs> to a television set. <laughs> And then to a person or something like that. <laughs> that was the first instance of using the morphing technology. Um, no, yeah, isn't it like an evil queen? I forgot that was a Ron Howard movie. Yeah, it was uh, what George Lucas produced, but yeah. Yeah, fuck Ron Howard. He can't make a good movie to save his life. Willow's probably the closest thing to a good movie he's ever made. Arbitrary really Ron Howard true. Hatred Society. You can't hate on Ron Howard. He, Arrested Development gave him a say. book of black, blank checks, my friend. Yeah, yeah, also, yeah. Ron Howard, beyond Arrested Development, is literally the definition of a filmmaker who does not care about the demographic of Don't a bunch of people get turned into pigs in that movie? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that all fucked up? Yeah. Why do people get turned into pigs? Like, what the hell happens there? I clearly need to re-rewatch Willow. We need to watch, oh, we need to watch all these 80s movies again. Willow. Jesus Christ. Scare um, uh, Beetlejuice. Have you seen Beetlejuice? No, I knew it would scare me. I'm just, yeah, I'm trying to think of any other potentially scary. Um, nope. <laughs> man, what about cartoons? Oh, I actually didn't want to talk about this. So Don Bluth, I love. Right, Don we Bluth. started talking about movies, but like Don Bluth, as in it, like I did not learn to love Don Bluth until um, I got obsessed with really, really. I always loved cartoons. I got obsessed with animation as a young adult, like a tiny preteen and teenager. Yeah. And Anastasia kind of came out right at the apex of my fascination. And when I was learning all this stuff about it, and had all this knowledge, and I was old enough to be able to follow the development of it, it blew my tiny little mind. It was great. But I did not like, I mean, I, I loved Secret of Nim, but Don, I didn't really like Don Bluth's movies for the most part, because they're all fucking scary. Like in goddamn, like in Secret of Nim, like you have the, the rats and like the, the electricity, like because he loved the electricity effects. And like all oh, of that. Oh, he loves anything that sparked and shot yeah. like electricity out of it. And all the know. shit about Nim. Like the the know. actual institute, yeah. yeah, and even like um, uh, I forgot how scary American Tale is. I that's I have not seen that since it was in theaters. Oh man, like and that even, was probably the last animated film I saw in theaters as a kid. He did. Oh man, he did. I mean, Don Bluth loves that kind of shit. You know, well, he, does. he was a Disney guy who left Disney and was uh, free to do whatever he wanted, which was darker animated films. And so he, he went crazy with that. Even shit. like the climax of American Tale, where they create the thing that is going to be their salvation, which is the giant fake. Is it a dog or a cat? Reaper. <laughs> For all intents and purposes, it is a reaper. That is exact. Basically, that's what it is. Mass Effect Two is a science fiction remake of American Tale. I'm waiting out for the just like Red Dead is a recreation of American Tale. Five goes west. That's right. Oh no! Don Bluth, man, I scared. Well, we could do a whole pot. Well, we have been doing a series of podcasts about fucked up and scary Disney movies or two. But yeah, animated films. Well, Don Bluth came from, I think he, his, I don't know what he, I know, I, I know of him as a character animator for the most part, but he must have had an extreme interest in effects animation. For oh, yeah, because that's that the best. Because, yeah, always the best part of his film. Even Land Before Time scared the hell out of me. 
Because like with all the lava and shit. The best parts of those movies, in terms from a technical point of view, are like all the yeah the effects animation and people twirling their hands as they talk. <laughs> exactly. What that was one of the things. This? It's hard. It's so like like I said, Anastasia arrived just in time, where at like, the peak of my interest and knowledge and everything, that it w- totally like rocked my world. It's so hard to go back to it, just because. Oh, I loved, what I liked about it was the character animation and stuff, and now I go back and it's almost, it's not necessarily rotoscoped, but it's heavily referenced. Enough, yeah, it's a yeah. off-putting. And it's like, I, w- I think I was trying to, like, take, it was a while ago, clearly, because the Senate's about to say, I was trying to take screen caps to make live journal icons of Dimitri. And I realized you don't really get any, a lot of good faces because it's, uh, the physical acting is very good, but it's a lot of that since it's physical acting as opposed to necessarily face acting. Mm-hmm. Like there are all these great shots where all of his reactions are in his body language more than in his face. It made for terrible live journal icons. Dimitri? Is terrible. The, the love Dimitri interest? Dimitri is the love interest in Who him? Anastasia. John Kuzak. <laughs> <laughs> I love Dimitri. Fuck all y'all. I love it's an awful okay you have to understand it it totally rocked my world i will i will never forget like movie magic for me was yeah. sitting in that theater and the opening sequence and it's the the saint petersburg like and going down through the clouds and to the reveal of the city and it fucking blew my little mind like i still get goosebumps thinking of that memory I'm just spending the whole movie in the theaters, like, literally with my jaw dropped. And like, animation can be wonderful. Look at this. I'm so... And I remember thinking, I'm so happy to be an animation enthusiast during this renaissance of animation. I was like that with the titty ship. <laughs> That's how I got into special effects as a kid. <laughs> oh my god, you can put titties on a spaceship. You can put a titty on anything. <laughs> I saw Back to the Future. I was like, man, it's a DeLorean. Why don't they have uh, aluminum titties on the front of that DeLorean? No, when did, when did Anastasia come out? I think 97. Oh. I want to say. So you were watching that while Dylan was flipping out about Hunchback in Notre Dame. Yeah, it was kind of in, in like, and in, 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 I want to say Iron Giant was concurrent, like, within a reasonable amount of time. Cats don't dance. Like, there's all this promise of animation. Fuck you. Fuck no, you. I'm not laughing at it. No. I need to watch that. No, Eric, last time I was hanging out with Erica, she was talking about, we need to watch that again. Cats don't dance. She, has, she was a huge forgotten. proponent of that movie. And, yeah. God. This, this leads into, we're going to have to have a... a, a uh, a twin to this, uh, a counterpoint uh, to this episode, which is our favorite childhood movies. Which Anastasia's getting it. It's 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 bridging that gap. I pretty much too. said it, <laughs> but yeah. no, it's like, man, I just ugh. okay. We can get back to the point. Those are your scary movies. You're done, right? Yeah, scary you movies. You finish this, right? Scary childhood <laughs> movies from at least our childhood. Yeah, apologies for not sending out a uh, uh, message on Twitter asking for your choices for scary movies, too. But this is something I literally just came up with last night. Well, also, we didn't uh, ask for any questions last week because uh, the two-player pro- two player uh, podcast, that came about literally overnight before we recorded that. Yeah. Next week, we're going to be talking about... Mass next Effect. week is going to be Mass Effect. Yeah, so next week, friends, we'll probably have a release on Saturday morning or Saturday Yeah, uh, we usually record on Wednesday afternoons. Uh, we think we may be moving uh, recordings to, yeah, Friday nights. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, if you guys want to throw us uh, any kind of uh, What comments, are your thoughts and feelings on Mass Effect, friends? Mass Effect in general, because we're going to be talking about the first two games and talking about what we hope happens our anticipation for the third installment in the seminal trilogy and then we'll probably do it a post 
Mass Effect 3 podcast after that. Yeah. All right, friends, I apologize right now for all of you who are disinterested in Mass Effect. Feel free to join us for the Geek Week this... review aspect and then tune us out. Yeah, oh, uh, we'll, yeah we, we will not be always. Well, once we get this Mass Effect out of our system, we don't have to talk about Mass, Mass Effect it's so ever cute. again. You think that Mass Effect will ever get out of my system. You're well, adorable. until they come out with a first-person shooter a year and a half from now, which is inevitable. All I want is a is a dating sim. That's all I want. Next. Anyway, we are the Boy Howdy Podcast. Happening. I'm Annie. This is Bill. We are howdy at boyhowdy.org. We're on the Twitters at at boyhowdypodcast. Um, thank you, as always, for listening, friends. Yeah. It's much appreciated. Oh, if you have any suggestions for future podcasts, feel free to hit us up, too. Clearly, we're very susceptible to anything. No, I have, I have a giant list, but... You know, if, if there's anything that uh, people want to hear talk about specifically, that's fine too. Thank you for listening to another podcast that is apparently not too long. Okay, take care, guys. Bye, y'all. Silent thunder sky is black